Today's episode of Puck Soup is sponsored by SeatGeek, the smartest way to find hockey tickets this season. I love being in the arena. You love being in the arena. I love taking the non-believers into hockey to the arena, converting them into hockey fans. It's basically like drinking the blood of the Kalima in the Temple of Doom, bringing a non-hockey fan to a hockey arena and putting them in by the glass. And the best way to get those tickets, the best seats in the house for you and your friends, is with SeatGeek. And it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. I use it when I'm looking for hockey tickets, concert tickets, whatever, because the SeatGeek Price comparison is great. They search multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. They get you the most bang for your buck. And that's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, PuckSoup listeners get 20 bucks a rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. What you do is you download the SeatGeek app on your mobile device. You go to the Settings tab, click Add a Promo Code, enter the promo code SOUP, that spells soup, and SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you made your first purchase. Best of all, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Again, download the app, Settings tab, add a promo code, that promo code, folks, SOUP, that spells soup. And SeatGeek will send you 20 bucks after you made your first purchase. Download the SeatGeek app today and enjoy the show. Now entering Nerdist.com. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got spoiler commentary to what a few commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports Puck Daddy Blog. And I'm Dave Lozo of whatever. And you're in Puck Soup. Dave, Mm -hmm. it's a momentous day here in Puck Soup in which we welcome a new advertising friend. Wow. Wow. our, Our new advertising friend is Blue Apron. You know Blue Apron. And you know that not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. Thankfully, for less than 10 bucks per person per meal, which living in the city is about one-third of what you'd spend per person per meal if you went out, Blue Apron delivers easy-to-follow recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients, courtesy of 150 local farms, ranches, and fisheries across the United States right to your door. And because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of each ingredient required for a recipe, there's no food waste. It's the best. It, it's like when you go to the supermarket, you buy a bunch of crap. You think you're going to make it you know, into a, a magic meal during the week. And then you look and then there's like black asparagus like a week later because you didn't <laughs> use it. This is why Blue Apron's great. They give you the meal. You make it. You know exactly what kind of ingredients you need because it shows up right to your door. You know what's good, too, is like I hate thinking. I hate <laughs> I hate thinking for myself and having to decide for myself what I want to eat. I want, like, someone else to tell me what to eat. And I realize you go on the site and you pick it yourself, but it's just kind of great when something shows up at your door. It's almost like having food delivered that you've ordered, but, like, you forget about it, and then it shows up, and you're like, oh, awesome, this thing is now at my door. And I'm going to give you some coming attractions. 
Think of like, uh, okay, now the screen is green. Uh-huh. It says uh, view, uh, viewing for all audiences, for uh-huh. general audiences. Okay, and, and curated for goodness. It, in a world where Blue Apron can <laughs> deliver to you cashew chicken stir fry with tango mandarins and jasmine rice, udon noodle soup with miso and soft boiled eggs, roasted pork with apple walnut and farro salad, and also starring. Crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. And crispy barramundi. You talk about nicknames. I mean, crispy barramundi. <laughs> I, I thought she was brilliant in that uh, Kate Blanchett movie in a supporting role. Crispy barramundi is definitely the girl, and that's in my, my high school in the 90s that wore that champion sweatshirt and looked so darn good in it. See, like crispy barramundi <laughs> would be um, a girl at your high school who like tanned too much. And would come to like school in December, like totally burnt orange. And you're just like, we know what you did, crispy. You're like, this is the 1990s. How'd you fos- possibly find a tanning salon? It hasn't been invented yet. Uh, here's the deal with Lou Abram. Uh You can check out this week's menu and get your. This is insane. First three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com/slash/pucksoup. Blueapron.com/slash/pucksoup. You're gonna love how good it tastes. You'll love how good you feel by eating it, and you're going to cook some incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. Do not wait. BlueApron.com slash PuckSoup. Three free meals with free shipping. It's a better way to cook. And thanks for joining the show, Blue Apron. You're good, good people. Anyways, you know who else is good people? It's not us. Claude Julian. <laughs> Claude! 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 Oh, in the Claude! What a mercy killing that was. Just... Just dangling him for two years. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I've seen some people write about this, and I kind of agree that it's just good to get it done. It's good. It's good that this is finally over for him. So whatever the next phase of life is going to be, whatever coaching gig is going to be, it's 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 good that he gets out of Boston. Because like you said, man, it's like how long do you want to live life with a guillotine? dangling above your potato head uh, with Cam Cam Neely hates you. Don Sweeney's like, don't do this. He's good. He's a good coach. And Cam Neely's like, fuck this guy, you know. Uh, But, you know, it finally happens this week. Clue Julian fired after like 10 seasons. And and, and now we move into a different phase for the Boston Bruins. You know what it was like? It was like when you find out like your grandpa's sick and is going to die and like he's in pain for two years. And you're just like, I love my grandpa. He's great. He's done so much, so many great things in his life. He's he's still pretty great whenever he's you know he's lucid, but like you know if he finally dies and like you're sad about it, but you're just like, this is best for everybody. I, I didn't, <laughs> I, I don't want him to die. He doesn't deserve to die, but like it's really best for everybody now that we all move on and now he's going to be in a better place. Like heaven will probably be like I don't know Montreal, right? Or the uh, the, the Islanders, right? So, so you're saying Don Sweeney is essentially Doctor Kevorkian. He's, he's he's sitting there with the tubes in the arm. He's like, Grandpa's in a better place now. No, like Don Sweeney's like his his wife, who's like tired of visiting the hospital all the time, <laughs> and is just like, we're pulling the plug. Like, She's, I, so he's been the one arguing for 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 a year. Right? No, no, no. He's still there. I bet you threw a ball at him. He'd catch it, <laughs> like in Awakenings. He, I've seen him react to my voice when I say it. <laughs> Claude, stop playing Pasternak so much, and then he twitches. I know he hears me. He pretends like he doesn't. We need more toughness. And then he like rolls over in the bed. And you can't roll over if you're in a coma. <laughs> he heard that. He heard that. Um, I, listen, I, I don't think – if it's Montreal, it would be interesting because that would be a return engagement. I don't think it's going to be Montreal. Um, 
What if Montreal goes in the tank? They just lost. They just lost four <clears> nothing <throat> to the fucking Avs. Well, I, I mean, they, I guess it, shit the bed for the I last guess it could be years. Montreal because, like, if if what would it take for Terry to get fired? First round exit. Oh, they have, and it could though because. The way the East is, the four best teams are all in the Metro. So if right. Montreal wins their division and plays the fourth best team from the Metro, which is like the fifth best team in the NHL. Right, which would be the Devils. They could lose. <laughs> oh, my God. They're all bastard. in it. That's the crazy thing. I mean, like, I, I make that joke, and it's a stupid-ass joke because they have a minus 27 goal differential. But the Devils, the Islanders, the Hurricanes all right, well, are, are all in the mix. And the fucking, you know, for all the shit said about the Lightning, they're only like, uh, I'm going to go find out right now because I didn't look for it. They're, the show, they're two and two out of the break. I, I I said they would they would go three and one at worst, and they as of this podcast, the Tampa Bay Lightning have fifty four points, which puts them five and back of the wild card. They played the same number of games as the Flyers, and, and it gives them uh, they're closer to the wild card than they end of the three spot in the in the in the in the Atlantic. And of course, you know you have Toronto with a couple games in hand, but like they're not out of it either. Everybody in the East is still in it, which is crazy. Yeah, Montreal would have to lose in the first round in like five or six games. Like they like it would have to be a sad. First round loss too, but even then, it's like you know, Bergevin's made such a big deal about being in the foxhole with Michelle Terry, and we are in the, the same foxhole. Like it, it's, I don't even know what you do then. I guess it'd have to be a big, a big fish like Claude to go up there if you're going to make a change, right? What's his contract situation, Terry, and what's he's? What's I think his... he's, I think he's like, his best friend's giving him a new contract every season. He's like, he's like, but but I have uh, seven years left on this. He's like, take, take seven more, my friend. That's a problem. Like, I don't know how you solve that in hockey or in sports in general, where like the general manager, like Doug Armstrong and Ken Hitchcock, they're like BFF and you're scared to fire him because you love him. Like, I'm not saying you should like never talk to your coach ever during the season and have like that Billy Bean, Art Howe, Brad Pitt, right. uh, you know, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman relationship. <laughs> but this idea that like you don't want to fire your guy because he's your buddy, like, I feel like that that's really bad for your team. Like, there needs to be some sort of like distance there where you can't, I'm in a foxhole with my guy. Buddy, it's, it's, it's a work place where you have to have results. Yeah, once Doug Armstrong like, cried at the beginning of his press conference, then I realized oh, it was less fuck. about the Blues keeping Hitchcock around because they were worried about giving up that regular season success that they've had under him yeah. than it is he didn't want to fire his friend. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't want to go to his friend and be like, dude, you, I, I, I know you're at the end of, the, of, of your time here. Uh, we've got this other guy we really want to be the coach. Um, maybe you retire and then he's the coach. Oh, no, wait. No, no you're right. You stay. And then he just is like a guy that coaches with you for a little bit. And he could probably learn from you because you're really smart. You're, you're the like best. the smartest guy that I know. Look how many wins you have. You're so good. You're so good at what you do. I mean, sure, your coaching hasn't helped Jake Allen get a save percentage above 857 all season. By the but... way, Jake Allen, two games two games of the of the four he's played since the, the break. And he's he pitched a shutout. He stopped like 30 shots. Of course. This is good coaching. Of course. He should, Mike Yosh was up and he's like, buddy, I got an idea. Yeah. Stop pucks. Wait, Ken Hitchcock told me never to do that. I know. I heard him. I overheard him, but I was the assistant. I didn't want to step on his toes, but I've always thought it would be good for a goalie to make saves. That's such a load off my shoulders there, Coach. Thanks, Coach. And and by the way, going back to the whole buddy system we got here with coaches and GMs, the thing I hate about Don Sweeney is that he got there and he was a coward from the fucking minute he took that job. Whoa! You didn't fire Claude right away like you wanted to. <clears throat> sat there and let him fucking you know hang in the wind. But that's because he knows he's a good coach. Like he didn't want to. He didn't want to make up the bad decision, no, which the, is to fire the good coach. But he fired him anyway. If you're going to fire him, and you have a, if you have an idea <laughs> in your head for how you want to change the team, do it. Like even though it's not the popular choice, I'd have so much more respect if he got there and then that summer was like, you're out of here, Cassidy, you're yeah. in. And there's that. There's the whole not willing to rebuild. You got one foot in the rebuild bucket, one foot in the go for it bucket, 
And then the coward's move of all time, firing him during the New England Patriots right. Super Bowl parade. Let's talk about this for like, a second. I, I think like there's that's been a, embarrassing. I think there's been a disconnect here between oh. normal people who look at things and say, why are they being done at this point in time? And uh, soulless assholes that used to work in public relations like me. Um, this was genius. This was genius. Like why? The only way it could be more genius is if you fired him at halftime of the Super Bowl. I mean, that would be the only way to be more genius. Do you think people didn't notice that he was fired? No, (laughs) but there's no distraction that prevents you you from knowing that. You 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 called the roles at the press conference of of people that were out covering the parade or couldn't get to the arena because of the parade. You basically made it a big big jumble of of media where, you know, some places went live to the press conference. Other places did live for the for the parade. It was it. Listen, that's, they did the that, same. as a former PR guy, doesn't that foster a bad relationship with the media when you go out of your way to fuck them like oh, that? Oh, what are they going to do? Not cover the Bruins? No, they're going to fucking, they're going to slag you every chance they well, get. Well, no, they're, the what they're going to do is ask a bunch of little pissy questions like they did in the press conference of, Era, why couldn't, why, why are you doing this during the pants? <laughs> one of the questions literally was, Good. did you see on, that Sunday was one of the greatest comebacks in the history of Boston sports? Oh, and it like was like, it was bad. like, how dare you, sirs, to do this? I'm like, come on, man. I, I think it's a question to be like, did you do this today because you felt like you would get less heat while the Patriots were yeah, celebrating? Yeah, that's, that's the a legit hall. question, but the other one's not. The other one's some bitter townie <sighs> that couldn't get to the parade because he had to be at Bruins Touchdown practice. Touchdown, Tom, is at City Hall. <laughs> he's, he's talking into a microphone. I want to hear it. Mark Wahlberg left the game early, blamed it on his kid. Era, I could be drinking beer off of Gronk's abs right now, but I have to be here asking you about Ryan Spooner. <laughs> Let me ask you this. If the Patriots had, had not benefited from the Falcons shitting the bed for the last 27 minutes of the game or whatever. Do you think they would have fired him on Monday? You think it's probably lost? you think so? I think I think they, they listen. I think they saw that window open up and they were just like push him out. The only thing the only thing here is is we have precedent. They fired Chiarelli minutes after the Aaron Hernandez verdict. Like they did that. That's a fact. But that so, wasn't that wasn't Don Sweeney. No, but but that was the team. What do you think? Don Sweeney did this? Come on, Cam Neely did this. Cam mm. Neely did this with with the backing of the Jacobs, who liked Julian too. Neely's been trying to fire Julian forever, but Julian kept on winning. <laughs> that was the problem. But he really, I mean, he was winning. But he, I mean, he missed the playoffs. Too. I mean, they could have fired him right in the last season. Well, he missed you missed the playoffs. Got to go. Even though still he did the best he could. I th- he, uh, Sweeney Sweeney fought for him. Uh, I give him credit for that. Uh, but. We'll, we'll deal with the Bruins in a second, but I, I, I am. I, I know everybody out there was like, "This is a punk move. This is a coward move." Of course, it is. It, it is. It is what you do in public relations when you have news that you know you're going to get shit for. Is you release it at five o'clock on a Friday night, and like I said uh, recently, like this was akin to releasing bad news on the f- on five o'clock on a Friday night that also happens to be Christmas Eve. Like it is the place that he put the bad news. Like the bad news was put in a bottle and then yeah. shot into the fucking sun. Like it's how that's how. Far away from bad news, they wanted to be, but like, but they're not. It's Thursday. And we're still talking about it. Like, it's not as you can't hide that anymore in 2017. You can't. It's not <laughs> like there's no internet and you can like fire somebody at like Friday at 5:01 and like all the newspaper but, guys are done. They're smoking their cigarettes and they go home and you don't hear about it till Monday. But like, again, but again, like the first four questions in the press conference were not. Well, isn't your inept player personnel management and that of your predecessor the reason why you're in this spot now? The first four questions are, Errol, how could you do this during Tommy's parade? And and that and again, we live in a society right now where We're living in a society, people. We're living in a society right now where on the on the day that controversial attorney general candidates are being uh, you know, vetted and, and voted on, 
the president of the United States is 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 tweeting about Nordstrom canceling his daughter's fashion line oh, yeah, in order to make people talk about that instead of the other thing. So like this is what public relations is supposed to do. It is it is crisis management. It is Don Sweeney knowing that everybody's going to be pissed off because they all think Julian's a great coach and they don't think the Bruins have any direction right now. And and so they did they did the PR thing and I applaud them for that. Stupid. All right. Bad. Claude first. Um, do you think he goes to Vegas? I wouldn't. I, again, like you, all these coaches that have recent success, especially Claude Julien, who's fucking probably the best coach. He's probably the best coach that's not Babcock or Quenville. <coughs> and you can make a case that he's better than them, too, and that's fine. Like He's not going to go to a rebuild situation. I don't think he goes to an expansion team. Why would he ever do that? Would he go to Vancouver with Jim Benning? Oh, no. I mean, he shouldn't. That, that team's a fucking disaster. They're, 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 they went off the cliff and did... Like, you know how, like, in, in the cartoons where, like, Wiley Coyote goes off the cliff and he doesn't know it yet until he turns to the camera and sees it? <laughs> Like, that's the Canucks right now. They're, they're hovering over the cliff, but they haven't looked down yet, so they haven't fallen. Like, once they look down, they're going to realize, oh, shit, it's over for us. He shouldn't go there. Um, uh, would he go to uh, Winnipeg if they fired Paul Maurice? Hmm. It's kind of a, they're a little bit farther away than you want to be, but you spring. The, pro- the thing is, is again, like, far. the thing is, is that, like, there's going to be a lot of teams that have like I would put Winnipeg in this position I would put Buffalo in this position I would put uh, Bedner in this position with Colorado like there there are some teams where logically their coach could return next season they're going to look at this guy and say all right but what if we sprinkle a little Claude Julian on this problem like a little Claude a little Claude what if we put our head in the Claude for a little bit like would we would be exponentially better next season if we fired our guy and hired this guy I like the Winnipeg thing because I think they're they there are pieces there their problem there is that <clears throat> okay, there's two problems there. One problem is is that if you take that job, are you worried that Sheffield Day Ops going to get fired in a year and then someone else is going to come in? Because they're at a point where they're at a point where they feel like the the only option they have to win games is to put Andre Pavlik in that. They they let Andre Pavlik shit the bed for like four straight years. They just kept throwing him out there, and then this year they give half a season to their to the kids, mm-hmm. and they're like, <clears throat> we got to bring Andre Pavlik back. Mm-hmm. That's that, I, I don't necessarily know if I want to be in an organization that feels like when things are going bad and we're two points out of the playoffs. Like, they were two points out of the playoffs a couple of days ago. Andre Pavlik is going out. He, Andre Pavlik is still the same guy. Yeah, he's terrible. So and if you go there, that's not necessarily... You, you're hoping that Halleback becomes a, a good goalie and you're hoping that you become more important than the GM. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. If he goes there, you're asking for the impossible, which is a high-priced free agent to choose Winnipeg. Um, yeah. Now, three other teams I want to throw at you. All of them currently have coaches, but all of them could see him as an upgrade. Philadelphia Flyers. Oh yeah, I think <laughs> I think Hackstall's terrible. He's uh-huh. he's I think he's a dummy. I think I, there's something I, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago where if you're a coach and your plan for getting your team out of a funk is to scratch one of your best players because he happens to be under the age of 25. The Gosses Fair thing, you mean? People keep saying that. They're like, oh, he's he's not playing well. And like, I look at all of his numbers. All of his possession <laughs> numbers are way better than they were last year. He's just not scoring. Right. And I heard people talking about this. Oh, where did I hear this? People were saying, like, oh, the NHL's figured out John Klingberg and, and Oh, uh, Elliot. Elliot wrote about it. Elliot wrote about Klingberg and, and Gosses Fair and, and how tough it was for PK to break into the league. Yeah. Because of, of these teams figuring all these teams figuring them out, like Klingberg, there's an argument for that way more than for Gossip. Well, Kling, Klingberg, the argument is, is that he had a safety net in in, in Golagoski. They worked they worked really well together, and then you you let that guy leave or you traded that guy, 
and now he doesn't have that anymore. Yeah, I, I, but like I feel like he's more <clears throat> he's more deserving of criticism than Costas. Costas right. he's he's like shooting like two point two percent this year. That's why he's down like fifteen twenty points. Yeah. He's still playing well, five on five. So if you're to me, to me like if you're a coach and you're like. Man, we're not playing well. What do I do? My do I scratch Andrew McDonald? No, let me scratch <laughs> Shane Gossespierre. What do I do up front? I don't know. Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we scratch Konechny? Well, he's 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 not that. He's 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 twenty years old. Let's get him out of the lineup. Like in 2017, that can't be your answer to why you're not playing well is to scratch your best player. Right. So I think Claude Julien would. Be a nice little upgrade there. Uh, what about Detroit and Blaschel? Now, the, the theory is is that when they miss the playoffs and the streak is broken, uh, that will be the moment in which Ken Holland goes to ownership and says, all right, I can't get you a good defenseman, but I can get you a coach. Yeah. And that's a team you figure he'd be, he'd be into, the original six, pride, prestige. I would say no, because... <clears throat> Ah, oh, that's tough because like they have all they they've got a bunch of young young forwards. The defense stinks. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like he goes there and suddenly they go from whatever they finished the year this year with 89, 88 points to ninety nine, just because of him. <clears throat> Do you think he goes to Colorado and they don't break up their core? Oh, I would. I would. It, I I would rather. <laughs> I'd rather work for. Hmm, <laughs> who's, who's a despicable person I could use John, as an example? John Spano. I'd rather work for the Republican Party <laughs> than Joe Sackick. Uh, I, I would not take orders from Joe Sackick. Do you think he goes and replaces Lindy Ruff with the Dallas Stars? I, I bet not. I bet like that's one of those like yeah. coaches fraternity things where you wouldn't want to go and replace Lindy. I, I feel like if Doug Waite doesn't want to coach next year, he should coach the Islanders. I think that's, that's a great way to get John Tavares to stay there, too. Um, my... I, I think Buffalo's in play. I think that's an interesting landing spot for him because I think Bilesman's on a real hot seat. And then the last one I wanted to ask you because this is one that keeps on coming up, and I think it's batshit, but it keeps on coming up. Tampa. Like John, John Cooper's a genius. Like John Cooper will be snatched up in a millisecond by someone else if they fire him. Yeah, they can't. But, they can't but Iserman that. is such a fucking thick-headed, win-at-all-costs guy that I wouldn't be surprised if the coach paid for... And also... Let's be honest here. Let's let's get let's get real on let's this podcast, Dave. Let's here. finally get honest here. No more bullshit. They both have huge egos, and I'm sure it kills Eiserman that Cooper gets all the credit. Like Cooper got all the credit for those that run. Let's well, get those runs. Eiserman got all the credit for the off season. So, he, he did. So where's where's your team, buddy? Yeah. Where's, your team? Well, where's your team exactly? Right. Um, I wouldn't fire John Cooper. I wouldn't either. Because you can't fire you can't fire a coach that goes to the conference finals, Stanley Cup final, and then misses the playoffs by say they miss the playoffs by six points without Steven Stamkos for four months. You don't fire that guy. Also, I don't think we really gave enough praise for John Cooper last year when they did as well as they did without Steven Stamkos. They, they they basically won two and a half rounds. Right, went two and a half rounds yeah. without Steven Stamkos. Um. All right. No. This is really going to be fine. Now, the other thing about the Bruins I want to bring up is the fact that I think this does signal the beginning of a rebuild that they've been trying to avoid for a long time. They've been trying to put Band-Aids on problems. But they know that they've got to, they've got to go in the wilderness for a couple seasons until McAvoy and Carlo and all these guys are ready to be primetime NHL players. Um, and, and that's fine. That's okay. I think they're allowed to do that. I think in the pantheon of Boston sports, they're probably fourth in the pecking order right now anyway. Because the Celtics are pretty good again, and, and yeah. the Red Sox are going to probably win the division, and, and the Patriots allegedly won the last Super Bowl. I don't know how to watch it. Um, but, but, so you can go in the wilderness and be all right. I think the fans know that they've had a good run. They look at Chara. He looks like a, a fucking you know, 
statue at this point. He's only got what one more year left, right? So, yeah. So like of yeah of playing, uh, but uh, <laughs> he's only he's, he's four million bucks next year. Yeah. I, so I, I'm, I'm, I, you can get something for him. I think it's okay now to admit, you know, put put Bruce Cassidy in that job for a couple of years until he gets fired. He's <laughs> yeah. he's coached all those young guys anyway, and then and then just go in the tank for a couple of years. Not in the tank, but just not not you know try to sign David Backus for five years and pretend that that's a good idea. Right. Again, this goes back to my whole Don Sweeney's a coward thing, is he doesn't want to fully commit to a rebuild when he gets there, and now here we are two years in, they're in the same spot they've been in the last two years, where they're on the fringe of the playoffs. <clears throat> like, a real a real GM who was just like, you know, you stuck real to his Real GMs of genius! He'd be like, look, we're blowing this shit up. We, we're, we're, we're shipping out we're shipping out Char, we're shipping out Krejci, we're shipping out anyone we can get for value that's long-term on our cap that's not going to help us win a cup during yeah. the course of their contract. But Which, of course, goes back to Chiarelli, who you know is the blame for most of this shit because he overpaid all of his guys yeah. uh, to maintain a team that obviously was going to age out of contention, but whatever, it's fine. Um, I wanted to bring up something about the Super Bowl before we get to Pete the Retailer, I guess, which is that um, we all I mean, we all are in agreement here in Puck Soup Nation that run, 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 kick, and, and then the Falcons are Super Bowl champions. I fucking, they were at the 22. <laughs> you hand off three times and lose three yards. And hand off off the middle. The first, the first right. play they ran uh, from the 22 uh, on the Patriots 22 with with like what, a scant like four minutes left in the game or some shit. Like no, maybe a little bit that, more than that, right? That, yeah, but still, um, it was it was 28 20. It was 28 20. Yeah. They had just scored. And was it, Tevin, it was either Tevin Coleman or, or, or Freeman broke off like a fifty yard run. Yeah, first play from scrimmage, got down there. Then Jones makes the crazy catch, amazing catch. And you're just you're set up. It's twenty eight twenty. You're in field goal range. Matt Bryant, I think, missed one <coughs> field goal all year from inside forty yards. Right. Like you're you're, you're you've won. I, I was sitting there. I'm like, wow. I, I predicted a thirty one twenty one final. This is awesome. I'm going to be within one point of the final score. I said to myself. Yeah. And then nope. We're, and then they drop back to throw. They one ran series after they drop back they, to throw. And he sack fumbled. They oh. they ran a pitch on the first play, which is for, for those of you who don't follow football, a running play in which you can you're, you're gambling that you won't lose yardage. That's fine though. No, because run they it, run, that, run they run it. that play a lot. Yeah, but you've also gained massive yardage running it through the middle of the line. So do that three times and kick the damn ball. Oh, oh, and here's an idea, and I say this as a Jets fan who's been in therapy for at least the last 10 years because of Tom fucking Brady. Uh, the thing you don't want to give Tom Brady is two things. This is all you get. This is all you got to do to beat the Patriots, as, as you a Giants fan know. Yes. You get in his face. They did that. Which they didn't do in overtime. Well, <laughs> they, they had run 93 plays at that point, yeah. so guys were done. So they so. were done. They didn't do that. And then the other thing you do is, it's very simple, you don't give him clock. You take the clock away from him, and if he doesn't have clock, he can't come back and beat you. That's, so that's the thing is like, like think about how they were down twenty eight three. Think about all the stuff that had to go their way just to force overtime with forty seconds to go. You had mm-hmm. to you had to get sack fumbled inside your own thirty. You had to have him. People forget this too because there's so much crazy shit. Twice he got hit as he was throwing. The ball fluttered in the air. And not only was the ball caught, it was caught like 15 yards downfield by Bennett and like 30 yards downfield by Edelman. The Edelman catch where it was like uh, like an inch off the ground like, and stuff. Like yeah. it was, it, like, it, all that happened, mm-hmm. and they and they still had to go to overtime and win the coin toss. Mm-hmm. And and in this day and age, people never want to say a team choked. I honestly haven't seen Edelman face down looking that lucky since uh, I saw some chicks Instagram. Uh, but listen, go. the point is, is that what's wrong? I knew you were going. <laughs> See your eyes light up when it I when did. it dawns on you. It was like, <laughs> oh, it's like someone put a piece of piece of chocolate cake in front of me. The uh, yeah, it, it was the worst. And here's the thing: like there was a huge debate about, you know, we really need to move past this as a sports media. This idea of like teams choking. 
you know, teams win. Teams yeah. don't choke. No, listen. No. Sometimes they choke. Sometimes they choke. <laughs> this team choked. Like, it's not a choke every single time <clears throat> a team blows a lead. Like, the, the Warriors, everyone wants to say they choked. I feel like they choked the last two minutes of Game 7. The rest mm-hmm. of the time, like, LeBron was like, fuck yeah. this, I'm, I'm taking over. Right. Um, Bruins, Leafs, Bruins. Game 7. I feel like the Bruins, I don't think, I think the Leafs choked that game away. Maybe once it got to overtime, they seized up a little bit. Bruins-Flyers series. Yeah. Yeah, that was a choke. Was it? <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I didn't watch that series. King, so King Sharks. One. King Sharks series. That was a choke. Vancouver partial uh, Vancouver game seven. It's, it's, not, the Bruins. It's, not, it's not a choke when fucking Jared Stahl right. concusses Mark Edward Vlasic and misses him through. He misses but this three is games. but it's okay to call things like this. Atlanta Falcons thing is a choke, and it's not. And to me, the players didn't choke. The coaching staff. Choked. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan right. choked and then said, "I'm going to San Francisco." Right. And then they fired <laughs> him. Yeah, because and you know what? You know what teams don't do. They don't make the Super Bowl and then fire their defensive coordinator because the sheer will of the other team was too overwhelming for him to handle. No, it's because the defense fucked up and fumbled away all victory. No, this is so not the defense's fault. The defense, the defense couldn't 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 hold the lead. The defense couldn't hold the lead because the offense couldn't hold the ball for more than sixty seconds per. They, they go three and out and give the listen, ball back in forty five seconds. I you, think you can't be on the field for ninety nine plays and keep your pass rush. Listen, down. I know we're having a really Israeli Palestinian debate right here, but I think I can bring us together. I think I can bring us together. The whole team choked. How about that? No, I, I genuinely think Kyle Shanahan calling plays <laughs> got too fucking worried about the Patriots coming back, which was ended up being a self fulfilling prophecy because he kept calling plays that saved time that allowed them the time to come. Seriously, they were down twenty five points. They were down four scores with twenty two minutes to go. And seven points ago. Four scores <laughs> and twenty two minutes ago. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan shit his pants <laughs> and cost me my bet when I had the Falcons. Oh no! Falcons the real the real anger is found. I won sixty bucks <clears throat> in a fantasy league and I lost sixty bucks on the bet. So um, I'm even Steven. Favorite commercial. Um, or at least is least favorite easier in your world of the hate. Walk, walking one was good. The Spuds McKenzie one was fucking the, too long. And the uh, Spuds McKenzie one is bad. You know why? Um, because the people who made that commercial assumed that uh, there are people our age that don't remember Spuds McKenzie, let alone any any millennial that doesn't know who Spuds McKenzie is. Like, uh, and of all like the things to bring back from like the past, like Spuds McKenzie, like I don't want to think about a dead dog while I'm drinking beer. Yeah, a dead dog who died of drinking too much beer. Let's be honest. There, there was there were more. The Cam Newton one was good, where he was the, the Cam Newton one. I think is the most underrated of the day. To be honest, with you. like that one didn't get nearly enough love. The Audi one with the girl in the in the soapbox racer was great. It made me a little teary teary eyed because I have a daughter. That, one. that was the one where like women don't get equal pay. Of course, you don't remember that one. You fucking misogynist. Patriarchy. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember actually seeing the Bud one that everyone talked about during the game. Uh, oh, the the the, the uh, founder of Budweiser and the immigrant journey. Oh, Christopher Walken doing <clears throat> Bye 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 was great. It was very good. I, was, I enjoyed that one thoroughly. Ghost, mm-hmm. The ghost dog was bad. The kangaroo one people liked. I don't even remember the kangaroo one for Yellowtail. Yeah. The fucking egg. Fuck you, TurboTax. <laughs> like, what? Why do I want to see a runny egg falling out of a cracked eggshell? Is that... Wait, who did... Who was the... Was that Humpty Dumpty? Yeah, it was Humpty Dumpty one. There's, that was, there was terrible. One, there was one before the Super Bowl where he falls off the wall, and this one during it where he's getting like, medical treatment. It's so easy. Just like, here's the thing. It's real easy, folks. Cute animals, lowbrow concept. Don't go high concept in the Super Bowl. You don't have to do that. You know, it was one of the biggest grossing Super Bowl ads of all time. Two women fighting in a fountain in lingerie <laughs> for Bud Light or whatever the hell it was. I don't remember that one. Yeah, that was before commercials, uh, before beer commercials had to all involve dogs or horses or immigrants now. 
Do you like Lady Gaga? I like Lady Gaga. I think <clears> was, she was fine. That was a good the whole Super Bowl was fine, minutes. except for the Patriots winning it. So I mean, let's be honest. Last with you. forty-five minutes. Yeah. All right. When we come back, Falcons. We're going to talk about the flat cap. We're going to talk about um, the winners of our contest, and we're going to talk about the naked chalupa. But here, oh, and and we're also going to do reader mail. But here is uh, Pete, the retailer of the Star Wars Minute making his triumphant return to the podcast after his previous appearance was destroyed by the static monster. <laughs> yeah, fucking static monster. <laughs> we'll be right back. Pete the Retailer, you may know him from PeteTheRetailer.com, but you, <laughs> may also, you may also know him from the Star Wars Minute. Welcome back to Puck Soup. We've referenced this on the podcast before, but you were on an episode that doesn't exist because when you were on, we had massive technical difficulties, <laughs> and it sounded like this. So, Pete... Star Wars, pretty good, eh? Which is actually what the dialogue from Rogue right. One sounds like, yeah. too, if you're just paying attention. answering on hoodies the whole time, so that's why you, you couldn't <laughs> you could you just needed subtitles. We're already in it. I don't, even, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know what hoodies is. Hoodies is the job of the hut language. Oh. Yes, that's all it is. It's all laughing. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> it's also Santa's language. It could go either way. <laughs> Bring me Rogue One. Oh, 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 oh. I bring toys to girls and boys. Oh, oh, oh. Job of the Hut was bring, Santa bring Claus. Me, bring me Rogue One. But he made it away. <laughs> for Christmas. That's what bring I want. Bring me Blu-ray. bad movies for the next 10 years. Oh, right. You oh. didn't like it, right? Some, sometimes when Lozo drops sci-fi references, he seems like a dad trying to play action figures <laughs> with his kids. Oh, I'm Darth Vader. Bring me the Rogue One. <laughs> the Rogue One. <laughs> You, know, uh, you want to know what you like sound it. like? What do I sound like? My ass. Oh, no. Oh. It says, help, there's too much Taco Bell in here. I'm smothering under beans. Oh, we got to talk about that either when we're done with Peter or actually. Pete, are you a Taco Bell fan? I have been. There was one uh, around the corner from my office. There was one. So it was like, I don't have to cross any streets. If I get, you know, late in the day, I'm hungry. I just run down there and get some Taco Bell. You and out. I both thought he was going to talk about an incident. I yeah. Think. I <laughs> it they like, closed it. They I, just turned, it was a combo uh, kind of Dunkin' Donuts, Taco Bell, and Dunkin' Donuts just totally annexed uh, and took over. I thought there might have been like an accident situation that caused no, you to no, finally no. like examine your life and say, what am I doing? <laughs> I, I had that two times ago at Taco Bell. Not the last time when I had the, uh, what's the new chicken, uh, naked have chicken you, thing? Have you had the naked chicken thing? I had it. All right, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about yeah, that later. That's what we got to talk about. We don't want to waste feet. Although I, I, I would love to hear the story of how yeah, the, the Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> conquered the Taco Bell. It's just like one morning, it's just like they, there was a revolt. They're just right. like, come on, everybody! And they just start pelting them with Boston creams <laughs> oh, until the Taco Bell people leave. It's the coffee. The coffee is what makes the Taco Bell go bad. If you have Taco Bell and you add coffee to it, mm, yeah. A, coffee is like... Yeah. Mentos and Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> wow, we're going to high school science experiments now. Right. Um, I had Diet Coke with my Taco Bell. <laughs> Enormously huge diarrhea. Is that right, Mikey? What did you do? Dog number two <laughs> for like 44 minutes. <laughs> really gross. Number two on the San Francisco Giants, of course, with the great Atlee Hammaker. <laughs> uh, dog, my, my, my poop was about as big as Atlee Hammaker's arm. <laughs> Pete, are you a, a Mike Francesa fan? Are you an FAN fan here in New York? No, not not specifically. It's not shedding I, a tear that he's going to be off FAN beginning soon, I think, right? Like 
like real soon, right? You're breaking news to me. I didn't know that was a fact. Yeah, he's leaving FAN to go mm. do something else. There's, there's talk he might have his own podcast, uh, a la Tony Kornheiser, <laughs> but it's no longer that. And I heard someone lamenting the idea. It was actually Richard Deitch of, of, of Sports Illustrator, who's like their media critic, was talking about Francesa leaving. And apparently the rumor has been floated that Chris Christie might take over oh, wow. WFAN Afternoons with like an, a co-host. Wow. Just fucking that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> I, purely for spectacle, I would like that. Yeah. I'd like to be like, what the hell is that about? But no, I never got into sports radio, really, somehow. I don't know what. It's because you're an Islander fan. They never that talk about be, the yeah. Islanders on it's sports like never talk radio, talk ever. Unless, you know, Boomer is telling them how much he hates them. Right. <laughs> yeah. It does kind of, it's not a very welcoming feeling when you're listening to sports talk radio. That's, I mean, but then again, it's like being a hockey fan and listening to sports talk radio. It's like they never talk. It's, it's like the most frustrating thing for me growing up was, you know, listening to Mike and the Mad Dog every afternoon for like five hours. Eventually the show was like eight hours long, I think. And then like you'd wait and wait and wait and then finally they'd get like hockey news on and it would be like, commission a guy, Batman joining us. Uh, so Gary, Gary, what are, are the, wait, what, the, the Rangers going to win this year or what? And I'm just like, come on, man. Dog, we got, we got Joey in Jersey. Go ahead, Joey. Hey, uh, you like Martin Brodeur to win the Vezina? Dog, what's the Vezina? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mikey, I believe it's uh, uh, a reference to your day's Vezina, who I believe was a reliever for the San Francisco Giants. Ah, uh, dog. <laughs> Brodeur's a goalie. He's not going to win that award. He's not a relief goalie. He's a starting goalie. <laughs> Cheetah. Last time Cheetah. Speaking of relief Cheetah. goalies, did I bring this up last time I was here? That, like, when the, the Islanders were having their, their three goalie kind of... Uh, Three-headed monster. Yeah. Three-headed You're monster. The King Ghidorah of yeah. goalies. <laughs> If only. Uh, is that a Star Wars reference? That was a Godzilla <laughs> reference. That was a Godzilla, yeah. Oh, um, I, I kept talk, telling everybody that would listen that I was like, why don't they have, like, you know, either Grice or JFB should be, like, a closer? Because we kept blowing all these late period, oh. like, late game leads. Mm. Like, Halak would play, you know, fine for two, two periods. And then near the end, it would just be like, Oh, sorry. We have two minutes left to play. I'm going to kind of take a nap for a it, second. And it is like, kind of interesting in the sense that they, I have seen teams swap out goalies for the shootout. Right. So it's oh, not man. completely unprecedented that you'd, right. you'd swap out goalies for certain things. But the idea of a guy only being able to carry the freight for two periods and you put in the closer goalie. I like it. Dallas did that against the Rangers in that 7-6 game. Like, Kari Lenton mm. came in and made like 14 saves in eight minutes to preserve this. That, that was a legitimate save opportunity and he yeah. closed it. So, See? I think Pete's on to something here. As hockey a, closers. Yeah. Hockey closers. Yeah, I like it. Because maybe there's, there, there's some stat that someone can tweet at us after the podcast in which there's a goalie who's atrociously bad in the first period. Turn him into a hockey. Turn him into a hockey closer. Just like there's a, a, a starting pitcher who can't pitch more than five innings because he just sucks. I like right. it. I like it. You're innovating hockey. There you go. So speaking of innovating hockey, we, one mm-hmm. of the reasons we wanted to have you back, obviously, is two, threefold. Threefold. One to say we're sorry. Sorry for ruining the show, <laughs> making you yes. waste your day, on making tape. you waste your whole day, or whatever this is on digital media. <laughs> the second thing is obviously to congratulate you because the firing of Jack Capuano. Has been like paddles right. to the heart of your of your beloved Islander. By the way, Pete's wearing an Islander's hat, joining Keith Olbermann in the pantheon of people wearing <laughs> the swag of the right. team that they're talking about. Well, Anthony Weiner <clears throat> came in here wearing nothing but a, <laughs> a sock, <laughs> a sock on his Weiner. <laughs> we didn't say anything at the time because it was it was it was it wasn't a visual medium. But I figured that's why my other episode got lost. Maybe it was because some kind of cyber attack by Anthony Weiner. You know, he's and it was weird. Kind of we're, thing. We were like, were you coming back from like the locker room or something? He's like, no, a Skype session. <laughs> Yeah. But, like, so the the thing is, so you, the Islanders are right back in the thick of things under yeah. Doug Waite. Uh, uh, what did you think of, of the firing, and, and what do you think of the, the newly revitalized Islanders in this playoff race? 
Uh, I love it. I thought they were, you know, he wasn't, uh, Jack Capuano wasn't all the problems, but he was a, a big, like he was a, a, um, kind of like a, like in baseball, you have like quadruple A players, you know, like guys who are like, yeah, they're, exactly. they're, they're too good for, for minor leagues. But like if you bring them up to the bigs, they're, they're all right. They can, you know, they can catch a ball, but they're not going to do anything great. And he's like that for a coach. He's like, you know, he was great to when the team was nothing, you know, for a rebuilding thing. He was basically like a glorified AHL coach. So sure. Putting the team together, doing the rebuild thing, but he wasn't going to get them to that next level. I always felt that he got more of a break and got more rope than he deserved because he looked like everybody's like Italian uncle. Right. Wait, how does that get you a break? <laughs> <laughs> Like he looked like a. He everybody like figured a, everybody else was thinking he was somebody else's brother-in-law. So there's like, I guess did you invite him to Thanksgiving? He's somebody's brother-in-law. What I'm trying to say is that he was overachieving for his look. Like right. you look at Paul Maurice, he looks very scholarly. He's mm-hmm. thin, sort of Niles Craneish, wearing glasses. You assume <laughs> he's going to be a good hockey coach. You look at a guy like uh, Joel Quenville. He looks like the vice principal in your school. You're scared shitless of. You figure he's going to be a good co- hockey coach. Jack Capuano looked like a guy who kind of just like you find sleeping next to your car. Hey, hey, buddy, you listen, you want you want a good deal on some radios? You come see Jack, all right? Jack's gonna take care of you. I'm, I'm, I got I got the best rates in all Long Island. He dropped the weight, his suits, and he had sort of Sean Spicer suit got it kind of going on after a while. Uh, his hair was always sort of like in a in a in an Italian fro kind of way. Like he he just didn't fit the mold of a hockey coach, and because he got the Islanders into the playoffs multiple times and did better than than maybe what appearances would tell you to expect. I always right. felt like he was given more credit than he deserves. He, he looked like Blue Blutarski, and then right. and then he was a good hockey coach. He, he made no money. It's it's weird to look at, like, if you look at all the stats, like, you know, like, Islanders... Oop, my headphones just went out. Oh, yeah, my headphones just went out, no, too. Fine. You're fine. Okay. Sure? We're, yeah. still, we're still good? Yeah, of course. What'd you do? What'd you click? I do nothing. Go ahead. All right. Um... If you look at the, the, all the stats, like the Islanders, you know, it's like most wins by a, by a coach and like, you know, highest winning percentage by a coach. Like he shows up on all those things just because like, you know, the Islanders had a, a merry-go-round for years. Like and, Corey Crawford's like the third winningest goaltender in Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> history. It's just a matter of how bad <laughs> your history around, is. Yeah. yeah. And you just how long a guy stays there for. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. He had a little bit of longevity. But yeah. I, you know, he was always the guy who had to go before you got the guy. I guess the question is, do you think Doug Waits the guy? I don't know that Doug White wants to be the guy. I mean, I, I'm <clears throat> totally happy with where they're going now. It seems like from what he said, I don't know that he wants, you know, because he's got that kind of dual role. He's like assistant GM right. and, and now acting, you know, interim head coach. So. Yeah, it's a weighty decision. <laughs> Was it worth the I, wait, I, though? I, yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll have to, <laughs> to wait and put see. Him in there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the waiting is the hardest part. No, yeah. 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 I mean, if they, if they get rid of him, you know, you could say that they were... They were overweight. That's mm. true. They could, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think they've dug this hole for themselves. Oh, you see what I did? Oh, nice. I went the Turned other way with the name. Doug. The other oh. name. His name's Doug. Yeah, yeah, I did. I dug that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Ah. Um, I think he's a. I, I think what you're seeing now is the classic. They're doing the same shit, but it, there's a different voice. Mm-hmm. And these guys like that voice better than Capuano's voice. And the one thing I'll say about it, though, and, 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 and I'm wondering what you think about this as an Islander fan. Like, John Tavares has picked up the pom-poms for this guy pretty quickly. He's basically said, like, I think he's doing a good job. Right. And, and, and I say to myself— You said Jack Capuano was doing a good job, too. Do you think—but do you think Tavares—as an Islander fan, I think there's been a lot of sort of, like, um, 
importance placed on Tavares behind the scenes. Right. Uh, because everybody in Toronto who writes about the Islanders that never watches an Islander game or has ever spoken to Tavares, they all say, you know, they're all trying to figure out a Marking way to get him. Their to, calendars yeah, they're all trying to get him into Toronto. Yeah. So the question is, is how much sway do you think he holds? Like if, the, if Tavares went to John Ledecky and Scott Malkin and said, I think that Doug Wade should be the coach next year. Is Doug Wade the coach next year? If he wants it, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's that important. <clears throat> I've, I've, it's all... There's so many weird. There's so many balls in the air with ownership there. Like there's, you know, uh, like the you, stadium you, thing too is yeah. just an, a mess again. Like, so do like, you think the people of Hartford will welcome him there? <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, let's get right to 2019 it. 2019 is the question. Right. The third reason we wanted you back, besides the apology and congratulating you on the Islanders coming back from the dead, is of course the fact that you're getting kicked out of your arena in two years. Right. Uh, the uh, Barclays Center uh, did not include the Islanders in their budget for I think 2018-19, mm-hmm. which was an indication to all that the Islanders are no longer going to be there. There is an out clause in the lease. Uh, this would jibe with the sort of uh, news that came out last year where the Islanders owners were all of a sudden sniffing around arena sites outside of City Field and outside at Belmont Park. Um, so it, they don't seem long for Barclays, but there's also been speculation that this whole thing was a, a giant negotiating ploy by the arena to get a better deal with the Islanders. If Now, let's start with the basic bare bones question for an Islanders fan such as yourself, P3 Taylor. Mm-hmm. Do you like Barclays Center? I like that I can walk there. <laughs> from my house. <clears throat> um, I don't like, you know, I did the, the politics behind it. Like, I was against it for a long time. Ex- then, against it being there? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. So. Because <clears throat> uh, of the Russian? No, but. <laughs> Hello. The Russian saved us a little bit, but he's a little. You know. <laughs> we build Rina. Hey, build, like, yeah. build next to Target. Uh yeah, it's, There's all kinds of things. You know, they kick people out of their home, homes and all this other stuff. And they, they you know. Uh, yeah, we only reserve that shit. We only reserve that shit for the Olympics. Right, that's yeah, the only yeah. time it's palatable. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot behind it, but currently, you know, the fact that two of my teams play there, it's been like, oh, great, I can just walk over and like, no, on the way home, you know, it's like uh, compare, you know, at the Coliseum, if I was leaving work and wanted to go to an Islanders game, I had to go through MSG, so I got to go like walk through a sea of Ranger fans <laughs> to get to Penn Station to take a train out, and it was like this weird penance, like every time it's like, okay, shame, yeah, so I'm wearing shame. My Look look at this jackass in his Tavares jersey. Get the fuck out of here. And the fucking LIRR. I have a bunch of blank jerseys. The only name and number jersey that I actually own, Garth Snow. No shit. Yeah, that's so funny. That's my my go to because I figured, you know. Did you make a 15 year deal with yourself to wear that jersey? (laughs) Like, why do you still have that jersey? I I still believe in Garth Snow. Oh my God. He's made, you know, he's made deal with what he's been given. It's not always, you know. Mm. Not a hundred percent. He's not batting a thousand, but he's doing. He's doing okay for a guy. He's had a top five pick for like ninety percent of. Yeah, not so good. I want to pause on this for a second because you're also (laughs) a Nets fan. Yes, I'm a Nets fan too, and I was thinking about this the other day, and I'll lay this on you. Um, When I became a Nets fan, I became a Nets fan at a time when the team was hot garbage. Mm -hmm. Like their best player was basically Chris Morris. Oh, nice. I mean, Chris Morris, Dennis Hobson, Joe Barry Carroll, Buck Williams. Like that's when I was a Nets fan. Um, and then, yeah, and then they got, well, that was actually a little bit further down, but that's when they started getting better. Derek Coleman, right. Kenny Anderson, Drazen Petrovic. Yeah, th- that's when they started to, like, make the playoffs and shit. But I've always said to myself that, like, in order to really become a, a real fan of any team, 
you got to be there in the downtime. You can't simply just know success because you'll never. You have to live and die with your team. Mm-hmm. You die during the bad years. You know, maybe you make the playoffs, but you get your asses handed to you, and then uh, then it becomes a part of you. You know, it becomes ingrained in you. It becomes uh, a, a part of your life that you can't expunge. So, so the, that <clears> kid from the Patriots parades that has the signs that's like, "I'm 10 years old, eight parades, I'm 15 years old, 11 parades." You you yeah. would throw that kid down a flight of stairs. They right they now. know nothing. <laughs> right. they, they know they know nothing. It's it's like a kid who was born eight years ago, who's like, wait, Republicans can be presidents too? It's like, yeah. He's <laughs> like Joffrey on Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's completely right. everything handed to him his whole life. Yeah. It's probably horrible. They know nothing except except joy, which makes me loathe them even yeah, more. The Patriots fans, not the Democrat. Right. Now, the thing the thing is, 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 is I've, I've always said this about fans, and I've experienced it myself as a Devils fan, as a Nets fan. I continue to experience it every year as a Jets fan. But I'm wonder, I've, I've not been a Nets fan since they fucked up the team and traded all those first round picks and and tried to buy buy not even a championship but like something I, they weren't going to win right. with Garnett and Pierce and uh, and uh, who's the other the third guy Chase um, um, no Jason Terry he wasn't part of that. well, well part just Garnett and Pierce let's just yeah. leave it there um, <clears throat> they weren't going to oh uh, uh, Johnson uh, from the Joe uh, Johnson, yeah right. Joe Johnson so like they were never going to win anything with those guys they were maybe make some noise in the playoffs but they sacrificed the future to get there so I was very angry with this team but at the same time I've been thinking about recently. Mm-hmm. To get back into the Nets now would be to be at that point when I was a kid where they sucked ass. Right. And, like, I'm going to have to wait a little bit to, for them to win again. But in order to have that fulfillment of them being good eventually, I should probably get back in on it now. This, this year is, well, I'm not saying it's a good year to, to watch them because they're still bad. But last year I took this season off because it was last year was the bottom out. Yeah. And this year is the one slight step back up where they're kind of, like, putting something back together. And it's, GM, it's, new... it's all self-inflicted. Oh yeah, yeah. But that was—I mean, I don't—I don't like feeling it now. But like at the time, it was like, all right, well, they, you know, basically moving into the neighborhood, they wanted to like mark their territory and make a name for themselves. They're like, yeah, yeah with we got black yeah. piss, right? Yeah, black and white piss. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like they—they want you know that having those guys put their names on the papers a little bit on the back pages uh, from time to time. You know, they wanted to make a splash. I get it, but they—they they totally yeah. A splash of black much. and white a piss. Yeah. Wait, is that how you explain the Andrew Ladd contract? They were just like, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta make a splash. Let's pay this thirty-two-year-old man way too much money for way too long a period of time. Yeah. Well, that that was too much, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't fully against that. I wasn't fully for it. I was like, all right. Well, it seems like everybody, you know, it's like that kind of middle draft pick where it was just say, yeah, everybody agrees that this guy's, you know, number right. 12, so we'll just take him. So it was like, oh, everybody agrees that this guy should be on the Islanders, and what, 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 you know, yeah. we're supposed to be he here. He wants so. to be there. He wants to like, be there. He wants to get the money. And yeah. it's not, you know... The, That's your boy, Garth. It's He's got, <laughs> he's got <laughs> obstacles trying to get, you know, free agents every year. Like, trades and free agents, like, it doesn't always work in his favor because people don't want to play, like, it started, you know, for years with the Coliseum. People were like, oh, it's a dump. I don't really want to play there. And then, like, you know, People would show up and not want to play. Like um, what, uh, Nabokov and, and Viznovsky both were just like, you know, once they were traded there, they're like, I'm not, I'm not showing up. And then <laughs> it took some talking too, and then they're like, Oh no, I like it here. Like, uh, you know, it's not the state that the franchise has been in is not, you know, appealing <laughs> to, yeah. to anybody. But and that I guess going back to to Barclays Center, like that's part of the gig, right? Like the right. fact is, is that. It's a better arena in its innards than Nassau is, except for the fact that it's not built for hockey and there are seats where you can't see a third of the ice. And except for the fact that the the practice facility is like nowhere near the arena now, too, right? They tried, I think, to do something 
closer, but everybody complains because they all still live in like you yeah. Know, no Nassau one County, lives in Brooklyn, so, yeah. so, so they, now they practice out in Nassau County, and then they bus in. To, so it's not advantageous for the players to to play there, no. uh, based on where they're going to live. Uh, the fan base doesn't come there like the way right. like they like they would for an arena in Nassau. Mm-hmm. So. It was kind of a mistake to go there, uh, but but now the question is: if you get kicked out, if the thing is done, mm-hmm. what's the alternative? Like, uh, there, there. First, let's deal with this Hartford thing. It's horseshit. <laughs> every every few years, these idiots in, in Connecticut they put out a press release or something, and it's like the, like the governor of Connecticut goes, "Oh, you know what? I I spoke to President Obama today about the whale coming back, folks. <laughs> huh? Oh, look who's doing hard lifting here." And it's just horseshit. It's all horseshit. They're never coming back to Connecticut. Okay, yeah. but when they do, are you still are, <laughs> are they are you still going to be a fan? Are you going to bail? Like, what what's your thought process when you think of yourself? Hey, Hartford Islanders, it's still right. close. Mm. You can get there if you wanted to. Yeah, uh, you know, every once in a while, I do like. There's a certain appeal to. Uh, like you mentioned the Jets before, it's just having, you know, I, I didn't grow up watching football and I married into a Niners family. So it's like, oh, God. once I was talking, again, talk about going, <laughs> going through the rough, the rough patches oh, or in your family, fandom, like the last like 12 years or so, I was in that, like starting with Alex Smith and all Is that. Is she stuff. okay? <laughs> oh, my God. That's so sad. Um, but so the, that having that's like, okay, my team's coming to town, you know, like, okay, next year on this day. Like, having, like, one, you know, spot to mark on the calendar that's like, I'm going to go be a fan this day. Like, it's, like, I can see the appeal of that. So if the if the Islanders were further away, but then they'd, you know, like, everyone they'd come to play the Devils or the Rangers, I'd be like, okay, here are my games that I'm going to, definitely. But when you say further away, <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> I was going to say, like, not Quebec. Oh. I don't. I don't know. It's tough. I don't know what I would do if they moved to Quebec. Like, what the hell are they going to do though? Like, like, we're, we're, let's get back on it. Like, they're not going to Hartford, right? Uh, Nassau is doing the same thing Hartford does, which is having every politician all all of a sudden be like, "Oh, come home, baby," when you, you couldn't get a, a fucking thing done to keep right. them there. Right, right. Uh, and now you have Ledecky and Malkin, the owners of the Islanders, talking about building an arena at City Field or building an arena at Belmont Park. Right. And at some point, you know, listen. R. Kelly can only play so many places, okay? <laughs> he's got Nork, he's got MSG, he's got Barclays, the, another arena at Belmont Park. Like, wh- how, why? there is no need for another arena in this area to build one there. Well, that's the – so, of course, it's all changing all the time. But I heard that, you know, as soon as they were like, yeah, we're looking at places, and then Barclays was like, all right, great, you can go, you know – at the end of next season, go, you know, have fun, kids, do whatever you want. And then uh, the, as soon as they started kind of, you know, talking a little bit more seriously, then because the same, the the Ratner, the same ownership group that, uh, you know, built Barclays also is doing the Nassau Coliseum renovations. And they were like, wait, we don't want them to build another arena. Like, if we don't want competition. We just don't want them playing there. So, like, what now they're thinking about going back and kind of the amazing thing would be if they would how they could redo the Coliseum to add enough seats to make it. They could add a few thousand seats to Nassau. But it would have a smaller capacity than Barclays, which has right. the second smallest capacity in the NHL. Right. It it just it it boggles the mind that it could happen that What's way. What's the Quebec capacity in that arena? It's fifty five thousand fans. Quebec a game. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's how crazy they are for hockey. Right. Well, it's like bigger than the football stadium in Jacksonville. <laughs> oh, you're doing a bit. Yeah, I'm doing a bit. What do you think? It was fifty five. I don't know what the capacity is, but I know that other than Winnipeg. Uh, Nassau and Barclays would be the smallest the smallest venues in the NHL. Because I mean, right. think about it. Like in this area, there's essentially two basketball teams, two football teams, two baseball teams. And those are sports people care about. Well, how it, the fuck are there three hockey teams in this area? How is that, that a sustainable situation? It, for was, it was sustainable when they were all in different places. 
Yeah, but they're not anymore. So you're gonna you're now you're gonna throw them all the way out on Long Island or throw them next to City Field. So you're saying that one of well, them should leave? I think one of them should leave. Well, now, mm. But but should it be the Islanders? I think the Devils and Islanders should have an American Gladiators battle <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> a lot a lot of people don't know this, and I may have re- referenced this on the show before, but I, I found articles in the 1980s when I was researching this Devils project once that said that the Capitals and Devils actually discussed in the 80s a merger, a oh, combination wow. of their teams where they, I, I don't know where they'd end up playing, but like mm-hmm. they talked about, both teams were struggling financially. They talked about merging the franchise. Oh, they would play in that, they would play in that city in Pennsylvania where, um, <laughs> no, 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 it was an episode of 30 Rock where Alec Baldwin is, is dating, what's her name? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, and they Sopranos. meet like halfway. halfway, halfway yeah, right. that's, that's, yeah. Where, that's where they would play. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But that, so you're saying, so I, would, I would be in favor of a Devil's Islanders merger only because I think, you know, Taylor Hall could really use Tavares. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you got, you know, between the two of them, you could probably fill an arena. Like up to the, Go uh, Schneider Grice, one, two. Oh, yeah. fuck. Combine oh. them right now. That's, yeah, just for, like can we do that for the rest of the season? No, I mean, next year, I guess next season. There's two. We'll call them MLS teams too. We'll, we'll call them the Nork Island. <laughs> the Nork. No, the Nork. The Violin, the Norklin, the Norklin Coliseum, Devil Durs. <laughs> <laughs> the Norklin. Oh, fuck. Well, listen, their name would be the Chicos. Let's be honest oh, yeah, here. You know gone. the name would be the Chicos, yeah, whatever they're going to be. We're like, the tickets would go on sale. They'd be like, tickets are available for 75 Oh, no, hold on. They're available for $50. <laughs> oh, Doc, look right there. It's a- No, no, it's 75 Actually, it is 75 if you look right here. <laughs> My partner obviously was blinded by the grease of a premium sausage. <laughs> God, I love Chico, but Jesus, was he bad. Him and... Uh, okay, we the Islanders. We're talking about Islanders, the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so my in pre- my preference would be City Field because I'm also a Mets fan. And so well, we, we've discussed all the losing teams that we like. Train it out there. Yeah, yeah. It is, I've I've I'm familiar with that. You know, slog and it's totally fine. And and you know, build it next to City Field. Build it like kind of in that you know where Shea Stadium was basically. And then I don't, I don't know what ghosts they would get that would kind Belmont. of things. There. Belmont is just God. not feasible. Like I go out there for the Belmont once. And, <laughs> Blue Moon, getting yeah. out of there. I mean, it's is. different. It's like 80,000 people. Although going, going to Belmont during the week is pretty easy because ain't nobody right. going to Belmont during the week. Yeah. <laughs> but like you driving out there at 5 o'clock, though? A lot of the old fan base back because they don't want to, you know, they, they are scared of outside things and they don't like to go to, you know, uh, Brooklyn because they're afraid they're going to get mugged. And so they'll, you know, they'll drive places <laughs> and as long as they have their, you know. I, I like the idea that building a new arena where Shea Stadium used to be, the Islanders scored the first goal on opening night at the new arena and the ghostly apple in the top hat comes out from center ice and cracks the ice. Burst through the ice. It's got like a weird kind of like And then you call the real version. Ghostbusters and not the girl Ghostbusters because they ruined my childhood. They need Ghostbusters. I like the idea of people getting worried about being mugged by like some guy in skinny jeans in Brooklyn who's, yeah. who's, like, so like, who's on like a scooter. Oh man. All right, listen. Social, all right. Yeah. Before, <laughs> before we get to, by the way, so we solved yes, it. So, so okay. we apologize to you. Right. And uh, thank you, congratulate you for weight. And we decided that we're going to combine the Devils and the Islanders into one team, the Chicos, and they're going to play in both places. Just sure. put the home yeah. dates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or just play in Jersey. I mean, it's pretty easy to get to Jersey, right? Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Okay. 20, 20, 20 in Jersey, 20 in Brooklyn, and one outdoor game at Giant Stadium. Yeah. Best thing at the Rock are those urinals where they have the little Devils logo on them. I, awesome. I was so enamored by that. Like, <laughs> when I first, I went to the opening night game against the Ottawa Senators at the Rock, mm-hmm. and I walked in, <clears throat> and after playing in the Meadowlands for years and years and years, and it was just a shithole, and also being a Jets fan going to Giant Stadium, 
Nothing made me happier than seeing a devil's logo on a pisser. Right. I'm just like, we finally have See, our own place. This is what I want. I this want, is what this I want. Why I'm excited, kind of about yeah. the prospect. Like, even though I can walk to Barclays Center now and I can just, you know, like after the game, I can just stroll home. But yeah. Uh, Having a place that's ours after years of kind of uncertainty. And, you know, the Coliseum was built with a couple of different things in mind. So it was, you know, primarily the Islanders for a long time, but it wasn't, like, (coughs) built just for them. So, like, having just, like, a new Islanders place that's just for Islanders. And, look, you can see the ice from everywhere and, like, you know, novel things like that. I'm I'm excited about that. They don't sign John Tavares. It doesn't matter. They're going to sign. He wants to stay. He's an Islander for life. All these guys want to see it through. The other day I I pictured the future without him and I was – Okay with it in a okay way. With, if they oh, can. okay with it. Why? You think uh, it would trade him in like a Lindrosian type return? Yeah. I mean, if they, you know, it's, again, new owners, if they want to do their thing and and kind of ruin the franchise, yeah, well, <laughs> start over from scratch. If they get a new arena, they wanted to kind of start from scratch, kind of do a, a another iteration of the rebuild. I can see. I'm not in favor of it, but I can see it, and I. I I'm just preparing myself for another, it, you know, depends. letdown. It depends on what, how, where they are next year. It could, it could be like Stamkos, where the Islanders are a contender and they can't trade him, right. or, or maybe they'll be terrible and they'll just say, "All right, let's let's give us Nylander. Let's just come on, let's make a deal." That one, that wouldn't work. But last year, all those pictures, like that Stamkos <sighs> time, and all those, like everybody was like, "Look at this!" And they're sending pictures around of like hey, Tavares and Stamkos hanging around when they were kids. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, more of this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're friends. They, they, they totally have sure. sway over each other, right? Bring them here. Right. Pete the retailer. Is of course uh, co-host of the Star Wars Minute. That's why we we've had him on. I've done the Star Wars Minute twice. The first time was to talk about a dead Ewok. Mm-hmm. At the time, it was the longest episode in Star Wars Minute <laughs> history. It made me the happiest boy in the, in the world to own that record for a short period of time. And then I came on for a week to talk about Jar Jar Binks and also Qui Gon getting killed during the Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of my favorite podcasts, and I get so excited that people every time I go on the, like the the, the movies uh, iTunes rankings, you guys are up there. You've got a very dedicated and loyal listenership, and it makes me very yeah. happy. I'm, I'm, you know, having a new Star Wars movie come out every year has been helping. <laughs> it does a little. We get like a little kind of November push, and then now we're trailing off a little bit. I, I gauge where we are. Uh, based on where Ellen is in film and TV. Right now we're below Ellen, so I'm a little bit... Oh, like, well, there you go. To get back on top of Ellen. Now, do you... Do you wait, what? Ellen. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, oh, geez. <laughs> wow. And hey, she says hi. So the, uh, the, the thing that's... Do you think people like your, your podcast more when you're doing the great nostalgia of the good movies or the snarky badness of the bad movies? Hmm. We do get a surprising number of people complaining that we're being too harsh on the prequels, which is... Because of this really fucked up sort of revisionist history that's happening with the prequels where people are, like, defending their virtue. Right. No, it's because Star Wars fans love everything that's Star Wars, Ooh. whether it's good or bad. No, yes. it's because you have an, an, a collection of Star Wars fans that are now becoming of age, mid-20s, something like that, mm-hmm. who grew up with the prequels. And so their nostalgia for the prequels is our my nostalgia for the original films. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, we're trying not to be, you know, nobody just wants to hear just like, oh, this is shit over and over again, you know, for a full week. So we try to kind of find the, you know, the good stuff when we can. But uh, there's the guy, a lot the of... The guy who drew Jar Jar was really talented. <laughs> <laughs> he worked hard on that. Um, just frame by frame. Just yeah. <laughs> so, so now that you're, you're knee deep in the, in, the, in the festering wound that is Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. uh, where, is your, where is your overall ranking right now of the Star Wars films? I feel like there has to be like a, 
you know, it's like the Hall of Fame or something. We need a like, little induction. There has to be like, a little gap before the other movies can be ranked. Like the newer ones can be ranked within there. So you need you have a waiting period. Yeah, because they, you know, they're too, they're too new. They're too. Well, did you like The Force Awakens or Rogue One better? I liked Rogue One a little better. I feel like uh, Force Awakens starts out great and then has some parts that I didn't like as much. And Rogue One has. I like that. I like that upward build better than that kind of like downward slope. So it's like you know, it slowly builds, builds, well, builds, builds into a crescendo. I like that. Dave so. and I have discussed this, and and, mm-hmm. and 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 while I appreciate your crescendo <laughs> comparison, Thanks. I think Dave and I both feel like it's like when if you took if you mapped it out, walking from your car through the front gate at Great Adventure, through the entire park, through the queue at the Great American Scream Machine. And then you got on the screen machine. Mm-hmm. All of that previous stuff would be the first, what would you say, half of Rogue One? Yeah, it was like a good hour and 10, and 15 then, minutes of that movie that just... <laughs> yeah, and then you hit the roller coaster, and then you're happy. Well, well, see, uh, I'm, a, I'm a wimp. I don't do roller coasters, so every time I've been to, like, <laughs> a, you know, I was about to say Action Park, uh, Great Adventure, or Action Park, it's been my, that's my experience. I go, my friends all go, <laughs> like, I just walk slowly over there, I look at eh, a concession, you know, maybe I'll get a churro. So your and amusement then, park ride is basically, your, your experience is just the first hour, 25 minutes of Rogue One, yeah. and then you go home. So oh that's why God. I liked it, maybe. Like, oh, maybe I'll go in the wave pool, you know, but that's it. Like, no, no roller coasters. Explain to me how all these rides work, but don't actually do anything. <laughs> What'd you think of? Great adventure there, Pete. Well, I mean, they had a nice shady spot for me to eat my churro while my <laughs> right. friends were online for the Great American Screen Machine. That, what's that, the, what's that the caricature artist? He was nice. What's the what's the highest grade ro- like amusement park ride you'd go on? Because well, obviously you're not a thrill seeker. So no, what, what no. would be the if you were at Great Adventure and and someone said you have to go on one of these thrilly, thrill-seeking rides? What would be the the one that you'd brave? I don't even know. The swings. <laughs> <laughs> Is it is Might it a, is it a uh, a, gra- a gravity thing a tummy thing what is it? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just like when when I was a kid. I think once I went on like you know the local kind of. Oh shit! Uh, you went to like a local like, carnival and yeah, something like, broke. It was like salt and pepper shakers in the church parking lot, like <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was like, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. I get it. Cool. Like the one-eyed guy with no fingers working in the Ferris wheel, and you're yeah. like, nope. I want to see the Pete the retailer like TripAdvisor list. It's like great adventure, four stars, great shade, <laughs> right. awesome Slurpees, not long lines for the bathroom. <laughs> this bathroom is better than this bathroom. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I still put Force Awakens ahead of Rogue One. I had more fun. Hmm. At Force Awakens, and and the other thing too is that even though I mean by this time everybody knows that Rogue One is a nihilistic picture in which no one you know is there for the sequel. Um, I, I even if there were, I I liked the characters I was introduced to much more in the Force Awakens, and and to me hmm. these movies live and die on characters as as the prequels are a testament to. Right. And so I I think I'm still a Force Awakens guy, but you didn't like <laughs> like either of them, I don't think, did you? <laughs> Well, The Force Awakens was good. It was just as good as A New Hope when I saw that movie the first time. And Rogue One was an absolute, to use a word um, Greg Wyshynski used, (laughs) slog (laughs) for a good hour and 20 minutes. And I I like Force Awakens better, but I would put Rogue One just above the prequels in terms of quality of of movie. Do you have hope for the the Han Solo movie made by the guys Uh, who did the Lego movie? I do. Because... Everybody seems to be kind of, uh, they're like, who wants a young Han Solo movie? I'm like, no, it's not a young Han Solo. It's just like an earlier Han Solo movie. Like, it's not going to be, I trust these guys. You know, Miller and Lord, they did a Lego movie. Right. All that. Right. They did, you know, all kinds of good stuff. 
they, I think they know that nobody wants to see just kind of like, here's how I found the Millennium Falcon, you know, and here's how I met Chewbacca. <laughs> but but like, that's you know. the thing, though, like, but in the hands of those guys. In the hands. In the, and the, Han, the Hans, depending on which movie it is. Yeah. It's not a solo project. In the Hans. It's not a solo project, Because they're, no. they're both. <laughs> that's right. Um, I feel like even if it becomes spot the reference, they'll do it in a way that's sort of unexpected and a little off kilter. Right. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm hopeful for is that like, cause you know, they're going to do a, a, a fucking how we met Chewbacca thing and a fucking how we got the Falcon thing and, and Lando's going like, to be in it. But like, I feel Lando's like they're going to come at it from an interesting perspective. The fact that Lando's in it makes me think it's like, okay, it's like later, you know, it's not like kid Han Solo. It's like, you know, maybe five, 10 years Star before we. Wars, baby. <laughs> Exactly. The origin story of Chewbacca. Like Han Solo meets him at a place and he sees him eating eating baklava and he's like, hey, you're really chewing that baklava. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to call you Chewbacca. And it's like, my name is Frank. (laughs) (laughs) Stop calling me Chewy. One time you saw me eating, Han. It's not funny after 30 years. Jackass. I, I'm hopeful for it too. I like all the actors in it so far Mm -hmm. that they've cast. I'm glad you have hope for it because as you know, Pete, Rebellions are a bit on hope. <laughs> I was like a fucking puke every time I heard that <laughs> shit during fucking Rogue One. Who's like, playing? Who's playing young Han Solo? Uh, somebody that I don't know his name. I, it's like, the dude I from love... uh, Hail Caesar. The uh, Elden Eldridge. He's been in a few things. He's great. He's really good. He's really funny in Hail Caesar. And then Donald Glover's playing Lando. Right. Oh, that I knew. Yeah. Which guy in Hail Caesar? Clooney. He's the cowboy. That he's in that amazing oh, scene with Ray with Ray Fiennes, right, 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 right. That where they repeat the line back and forth. That uh, he's like the guy who's like he's like swinging on the horse and shit. Yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, he's he's really good. That guy was so good. I have I hope for it. Now, I haven't seen Hail You have hope for it. I have because uh, rebellions are built on hope. Because <laughs> sequels are built on hope, and Star Wars fans don't like, see anything. That's armed, armed, armed assault, assault with a, with a deadly weapon. <laughs> Wait, Angelina like Jolie. The, wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> it sounds like Nigel oh, from Spinal oh, Tap. Hold on. Oh, uh, but. Well, this is a rebellion, right? <laughs> I'll rebel. <laughs> oh, God. The best line never to be included in a movie. Cut, yeah. I know. I rebel. Can't That's my name, Ira. <laughs> I rebel. <laughs> Hello, welcome to This American Life. I'll I rebel. Uh, so I have a I, because we so we had a quiz for you last time you were going to be on. All right. Uh, that we just we you did ourselves doing it. All right. Because the episode got fucked up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we can't do that one again. That was. Uh, Rogue One character or Finnish hockey player. But I've cooked up another one for you. Oh, exciting. So here's an official Puck Soup quiz for Pete the Retailer from the Star Wars Minute. By the way, before we go on, are you responsible for all of the other Minute podcasts? Because I've I've put myself (laughs) out there as a guest on any Minute podcast that wants me. Mm -hmm. And uh, did you spawn all of those? Are they all, do they come to you for advice (laughs) on how to do it? How do you... Oh yeah, shit! Do you get a piece of all the minutes? You should I uh, when when people first started asking us, like because they you know they heard our show and they're like, that's a great idea. Can I do that for this? And we basically said, all right, it's like open source attribution, so you can totally do it for your movie. Just every once in a while, give us a shout out to tell them like, oh, I do this podcast because I heard Star Wars Minute. I thought it was mm-hmm. great. So. And uh, if you start it, you have to finish it. That's the other one because we don't want a bunch of like, you know, half done. Somebody's like, well, I thought it would be a good idea to do, you know, Grease Minute. And then I got 20 minutes in and I don't care anymore. So so when you do a minute, you have to come back for, for seconds. That's right. You have to come back for seconds <laughs> when you do you a have. minute. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks. Um, that's really but, good. Uh, no, I, I that's, it... that's our responsibility. <laughs> uh, 
These jokes are timeless. <laughs> oh. Uh, the, 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 oh, uh, it's nice that you demand uh, credit, by the way, on all their podcasts. It's very imperial of you, I think. <laughs> oh. Control of the smaller systems, right. as it were. But um, no, we, we don't get money, but we do, I don't know. I like... I, I put up a site to help keep track of them and all that. And yeah, like, and it, it's, it's very like handy. So, something yeah, you, now. Can't, I, you, you can't force it. I am in talks with the Spinal Tap Minute. Oh, nice. I'm in talks with the Back to the Future 3 Minute. Mm. And I'm in talks with the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Minute, which which emailed me and said, I don't know if you're a fan of this movie. I'm like, do you actually see you have to ask people if they're a fan of fucking Christmas Vacation? I've never seen Christmas Vacation. I was talking it's, to those guys. and It's, it's great. Uh, I mean, like, it's it's not great, but it's, like, completely, right. like, you can go to any point in that movie and talk about it. Outside of that scene where Chevy Chase is weeping in the attic while watching the old home movies. I don't want that minute. I don't remember that part of that movie. Yeah, you probably skipped past I think, it. I think they cut it out on regular TV. Wait, 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 by the way, what do you mean by in talks with? Like, are you, like, negotiating? I'm negotiating. Like, right. Well, I, first, I want them to at least mention our podcast, and then the thing is, if we start the interview, we've got to finish it. Right. Like those are my only two demands. Well, that <laughs> the makes sense. You know. Yeah, yeah. Those right. guys are doing an awesome thing, but they're doing—they're not minute by minute. They're doing like day by day, day from by within day. the movie. <laughs> and I'm falling more in love with them. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> they're doing it day by day, like like the day that happens in the movie. They're covering that, and they're doing it on the day. Of the year and who? What's when is this? Uh, it's the Christmas vacation one. Oh, really? Because it takes place over several days. Oh, that's right. They're not doing it by it. minute, right? And so they're doing okay, this, like December seventeenth, and they're doing it on December seventeenth because the day, the year that that movie came out, what was it eighty nine? Uh, I want to say uh, that calendar matches up with this year, so it's the same day. Wow. like that it was then. It's all. It's it's that's that is um, cosmic. It's a little bit I much. Gonna, I was going to say dorky, but right. cosmic too. That it works. sounds a little end of days to me. To be honest with you. <laughs> Uh, I have it all planned out on this cork board over here. It's connecting everything. <laughs> oh, thanks, uh, Carrie from Homeland. <laughs> uh, Star Wars Planet or NHL Player. Ooh. Now, I have made it because I wanted to honor you. I know that you're a Star Wars expert. I did not include anything from the extended universe, RIP. Oh. Uh, I thought that would be too tricky. And also <clears throat> because those are, the, those are legends now. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they don't exist anymore. I've heard tell of a planet called... Uh, all right. I can't even remember it. Okay, you can't see what I'm holding. No. <clears throat> Star Wars Planet or NHL Player? Okay. Carella. Carella. Mm-hmm. Coming at him with a fucking, yeah, the like big a, fucking guns right off the bat. It's like a curveball, because it's not Corellia. It's Carella, I think, is a hockey player. NHL Yari player. Carella played five games with the 1980-81 Colorado Rockies. Nice. So we've set the baseline for how cruel I'm going to be in my selection of players and also my selection of Star Wars planets. I don't think you're going to get anything past him based on how quickly he answered that. <laughs> it's over. We'll, we'll Tuk- see. I don't know. Tukey. Tukey. Can I ask for a spelling or is that... A- T-O-O-K-E-Y. Tukey. Tukey. Mm-hmm. I know. Fuck, I'm not fucking around with this one. I'm going to go... NHL again. Tim Tukey played 106 yeah. games with the Caps, Nords, Pens, Flyers, and Kings in the 1980s. Nice. He's, yeah. going, he's going undefeated. <laughs> Bog, Bogdan. Bogdan. Bogdan is definitely Star Wars. It's the moons of Bogdan. Count uh-huh. Dooku hired Django Fett to be the template of the clone army on one of this planet's moons. That's, mentioned I'm, in episode two, which of course I'm is being featured the on the Star Wars yeah. Minute as we oh. speak. <clears throat> uh, Renus. Renus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Renus. You want a spelling, honey? <laughs> please, please do. Please spell R-Y-N-N-A-S. Uh, I'm going to go NHL again. UC Renus. Leafs mm-hmm. and Stars, 2011 to 15. 
It's pretty good. Oh. Renus always, I mean, it sounds more like a Trek planet, to be honest. Than That's the, Renus yeah. 7 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Renus, oh, for sure. Captain, uh, we're approaching Renus 7. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, Mortis. Mortis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not the masked wrestler from WCW. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Mortis. M-O-R-T-I-S. Um, <clears throat> I feel like that's a Star Wars planet that we haven't gotten to yet in my show. Well, you wouldn't get it to, on your show because it is a Star Wars planet, but it's on Clone Wars. Oh. <laughs> a planet with a wall surrounding it inhabited by force wielders. That's actually where, mm. that's where all the dead bodies go. And they, and oh. they, they go into <laughs> Mortis. Riga Mortis. Uh, Riga Mortis. Seleust. <laughs> Oh, that's the Star Wars planet. That's, that's a volcanic that's... planet, base of Imperial factories mentioned in Return of the Jedi. That's where Nine Numb is from. Just blowing you away here. Uh, Zombo. Zombo. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he an NFL player? <laughs> he was both, actually. Uh, I'll go NHL for Zombo. Uh, Zombo, of course, is a planet of zombie battle droids. No, oh. it's it's Rick Zombo, a defenseman from 1985 to 96. Uh, Wobani. Wobani in Star Wars. I I forgot where it came from, but but you just think no, you know it's I've, Star I've Wars. I've heard it recently. Mm-hmm. It's That's that, because it's you... that yogurt that you put. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mix it yourself. You're very right. Well, Wobani is the Star Wars planet with fruit on the bottom. No, yeah. Wobani is a desolate wasteland in the site of an imperial penal colony. In Rogue One, where oh, I imagine that's where we meet Jin Erso. It's the rebellion, right? It's just something I'll, I sleep in sometimes. I'll rebel. I saw my family killed, just like at the beginning of most movies where there's a revenge plot. I haven't seen that before. Every Everybody stay in the ship. Okay, everybody's going to leave the ship and help. I know that, but I need to stay, stay in the ship for the sake of the movie. I need you to be delayed to going down the same path as me because otherwise it'll just be six blokes walking towards the place for a sniper shot. Well, actually, no, wait, 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 we're doing British, but it's Diego Luna who says that. He's not British. Inexplicably, there's chomper teeth at the top of this library. <laughs> Why on earth would there be chomper teeth? Uh, uh, God. Juzda. 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 J-U-Z-D-A. Juzda. Juzda. Juzda man. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go NHL again. That's close to the uh, uh, the uh, Attack of the Clones tagline, Yoda yeah. Man. Who demand? Yoda Man. Who that came Yoda up Man. the other day. Somebody didn't believe me. I think Alex didn't believe me. Nobody oh, no, it's, seen the, yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah. Oh, wait, it was, that's real? You're not doing a yeah, bit? No. It was, no. A, it was a TV. It was like the third when, TV ad. So yeah, like, like, it was out for a while, and then they were like, how can we get people to see this? Oh, I know. <laughs> Yoda Man now, dog. They, they, show, they showed him like in the lightsaber battle at the end. They're like, who's the man? <laughs> Yoda Man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bill Juzda, Ranger and Leafs player, 1940 to 1952. And finally, number 10. Sorry, I, I like that you said Rangers and then you said 1940. So. Oh, I know. I, I got a little... I was tempted to clap. It went, it, it, yeah. It went from three to midnight. Right. Um, uh, finally, to, to sweep the category, sir, uh, Kessel. Right. Kessel. Oh. <laughs> oh. I see what you did there. <clears throat> I got to run. Kessel. Yeah. Uh, both. Both is correct. Uh, the Kessel, Kessel is a planet, uh, uh, home of the Kessel Run, and, of course, Amanda Kessel of sure. the National Women's Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, P3 Taylor, you're the best. Uh, thanks for oh. coming back on the podcast. And we're and pretty sure this recorded. Right? Hopefully, when are we deleting this one? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that it was deleted. It was that it was unlistenable. Now, it's a different kind <laughs> of unlistenable than the other unlistenable ones yeah, we've had. right. 
Um, you can hear it, but you couldn't listen to right, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can hear it. You can hear you, you can hear Jimmy, but you ain't listening. Oh, God. Wow. Was I, that I, singles? I, I, no, no. What was it from? What was that? Was uh, The Stooky Brothers. What was it from? I don't know Come either. on, do me, give me one more reference. Um, you're so stupid, Billy. Oh, White Men Can't Jump. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right. Anyways. Wait, I just, what did I, oh no, I was talking about Wildcats the other day. That's what it is. Not mm, your mama say you ugly. Different. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Um, Football. All right. What do yeah. you, what would you like to pl- <laughs> plug, P3 Taylor? <laughs> um, StarWarsMinute.com. That's, that's the main place to get at me. It's the only, uh, it's my only running gig right now. We did Alphabetical. We went through all the Beatles songs. That's over. Got some other things maybe coming up, but right now, Star Wars Minute. When is the next Star Wars movie out? When when when's your next big bump? December, right? Yeah, it's not December. December. It's yeah, they, they used to be every May, but now it's every December. Oh, I thought yeah. there was a summer one. No, oh, man, you think we haven't gotten wo- to that? Thinking yeah. of Wonder Woman. Oh, is there a Wonder Woman movie coming out? Yeah, boy, John Wick, the Batman Lego movie. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Wonder Woman, yeah. uh, Transformers: The Last Night. Oh my God, uh, all the great movies are coming out. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, some yeah. good stuff coming. Ju- out. Justice League this year, bud? Huh? Huh? I, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, 2, they could have just basically, like, that, the trailer is almost, it's like Star Wars. The trailer is unnecessary. It's just be like, they should just put up a thing. Like, there's a new one this year. This like, is oh, the okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's $20. <laughs> like, it's just put up the title and just play Ooga Chaka. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's it. I'm fucking hey. take my money. I mean, <laughs> All right, Pete, you're the best for coming back. And thank you hey, so much for joining thanks, us. Thanks, Pete. And we're back. Uh, it's time to get naked, Dave Lozo. What are you playing? What is that? I'm, walk- I'm walking really slow in the room right now. <laughs> My name is being shown in blue neon lights as I walk past beautiful, beautiful paintings. Wow. The young pod. <laughs> You're so young Pope obsessed. It's pretty great. Fucking show is just genius. I love that. I, there, was a, there was a scene last week uh, or the previous couple weeks where he's uh, talking to the Italian uh, prime minister and the Italian prime minister is in a suit. <laughs> And, and Jude Law is in. He's in his Pope's night. He's in his Pope. Yeah, but it looks like a. It looks like a bedaz- It looks like, like if if Trump went into a cocoon, it looks like what the cocoon would look like. Yeah. If Trump was some sort of a, a caterpillar, like this white and gold bedazzled pod, almost is what it looked like. What's so, what's so sad is is that the show is on in February. If the show is on like six months from now, everyone would be out for Halloween dressed like the Pope. Yeah, it'd be just different versions of Pope outfits, as far as the eye can see. Which I'm, I'm still in favor of. We should do that. As yeah. I said, though, it's time to get naked. Okay, let's get naked. Naked Chalupa time. Now, do you like it? Uh, all right. <clears throat> My official review of, of Taco Bell's latest creation as a Taco Bell aficionado. And by that, I mean ha- I have it every other, other week. I found the chicken to be juicier than expected for being <laughs> a taco shell. I found it to be spicy mm-hmm. and flavorful. Mm-hmm. I did not get it with tomatoes. I don't dig on tomatoes. I don't yeah. know if you did. No, yeah, I just got I got the, I got as advertised. No but special I, orders. I, I'm like, okay, so this is great. So chicken shell is great, but inside of it is basically what you'd find on top of the meat in a regular taco. Right. It's lettuce, shredded cheese, tomato, and then what they're calling an avocado ranch sauce. Wasn't a fan of the sauce that reminded me very much of the green goddess dressing. That you get at like Trader Joe's and you're like, oh, fuck, man. Blue cheese is so fattening. Caesars is so fattening. What's goddess dressing? And then you get it and you taste it. And you're like, oh, it's terrible. Yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of the avocado ranch. Um, 
So before I tell you what I would do to fix it, I will tell you that I think it's a, it is an item. I think it's yummy in your tummy. It, yeah. is, it is not only for a dummy. Right. I would, I would eat it again. It's probably like it, it would not be in my every single time I go to Taco Bell rotation. I wouldn't get it every single time. Not a not a not a cheesy gordita crunch. Exactly. For example, it's, it's not it's not right. at that level. But it was it was better than I thought it was. But the, the thing with the chicken, <clears throat> I don't know exactly how they how they murder the chicken to get it to be flat and round in order to, <laughs> to fit on there. I'm guessing they just use gross ass <laughs> chicken parts and lump them all together. They thump the chicken with a club until it becomes a curved shell of a carcass. They use the Tom and Jerry frying pan on it. <laughs> And then, and then they sprinkle some fucking breadcrumbs on it. It was good. I'm the same way. Like the sauce, I, like I, I always put regular regular old hot sauce in my gorditas, my tacos, whatever. And like the, the chicken's already hot. So I felt like it didn't really do anything for me to add the hot sauce to sort of balance out the weird sauce that comes with it. I think if you eat it straight away, by the way, you might hurt your hand because it is hot. Like the the temperature of the chicken is hot. Yeah, but like I I eat I eat it second after my usual appetizer of a steak quesadilla, so it was not the first thing that I ate. If you Same eat thing. it straight away as your first item, you might you might actually burn your hand a little bit. It's yeah, it's a little too, and and the the, the quality of the chicken is actually not bad. Like the chicken looks like the kind of chicken you would get if you bought like pre made like chicken fillet cutlet type things. Yeah. But like it's juicier, it's better, it's softer, it tastes good. I I would I would I would I would say everyone should have at least one. Yummy in your tummy. Oh, yummy in my yeah. tummy. I will say this though, Bernie on my butt too. Actually, <laughs> how, yeah. how I would fix it? What do you Bernie on your butt? <laughs> Put a Bernie on it. <laughs> Put a Bernie on my butt. Okay. Yeah, how would you fix it? Like, what would you do? Um, would, uh, it's easy. It's an easy fix. Get that bullshit avocado ranch sauce out of there. Mm-hmm. Embrace the fact that you're, you've created a fried chicken shelled taco and put jalapeno cheese sauce inside the fried chicken taco. Hmm. Lettuce, you can even keep the cheese if you want, but make the put it right, make it a river of, of, of melted jalapeno cheese where yeah. the avocado ranch sauce is. And there you have it. But because Taco Bell isn't going to embrace its inner fat guy, it has to try to make it like somewhat healthy by having avocado ranch in oh, there. Oh, dude, you're not... That, that's not why they do the avocado. That's not for health purposes. Full of health purposes. If you're, if, you're, if you're dipping stuff in a ranch, people know you're a garbage human being <laughs> and you're filling your body with garbage. There's no pretense there at all. All right. So both yummy in my tummy for the new Naked Chalupa. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to get it the next time I go, but is it limited time? I, it is limited running, time. Well, yeah, fuck time? the... Uh, uh, those those crazy ass tacos are gone already. The one with the with the sweet yeah. the sweet the sweet hot chili sauce and stuff they're gone. Oh, like the Doritos ones. Yeah, too late for too late for you, sir. I don't really like those, but yeah, I recommend Taco Bell. There you go, free plug on the show. And for the for those asking, it's steak quesadilla to kick off the meal. Best thing you can eat, you can have with that sauce inside of the quesadilla, mm. and then a cheesy gordita crunch, and then a rotation of other items. I would say depending on how hungry I am. So wait, how how much stuff would you say you get? Like four you, items. Four. Wow, I I I get I top out at three. Well, it depends on the items. Like, are you getting fucking three quesaritos? I would like I would say I get because <laughs> then that would be uh, completely oh, maybe one more quesarito than you need in life. I think I I think I go like regular gordita, a burrito of some sort. I like the I like the um 
the uh, not the potato one, the other one. Potato the the good, beefy, actually. the beefy one. Yeah, yeah, not the supreme, but like no, I know which one you're the talking one about. in the middle yeah. there. And then, um, yeah, like a cheese gritty to crunch. Right, there you which go. Is like six thousand calories and three things. So yeah, it's, it's always good. And I'm usually eating lunch. it in the car, so there is absolutely no exercise involved afterwards <laughs> either. It's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, you wrote about the flat cap this week um, in one of your thousand places you write your shit. Hey, they they, they need the content. I got to give it to them. <laughs> the flat cap is not as bad as I thought it was going to be when I sat down to write it. Like, there's, I would say 20 of the teams don't have any issues. There's probably, like, four or five teams that have issues, but they will without question be alleviated by the, the expansion draft. And then there's, like, another four or five teams that are moderately fucked. They're they're sort of like like the 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 Lightning are going to get screwed. Mm-hmm. The Rangers are kind of fucked. Like they're they're all fucked by their own doing. They're not like fucked by the flat cap. They're fucked by the flat cap and also by the the bad contracts they have or the big contracts they have. Right. And what other team? Pittsburgh. Like Pittsburgh screwed, but they're going to buy out Mark Andre Fleury or trade him, so that'll free up money. But for the for the for the most part, it's it's every team. Twenty of the teams are are going to be fine. But but like the Rangers are screwed. They're going to pay Zabinajad, and they're going to have no money for anything else. Do you feel it's uh, it's sort of a bad look for the NHL, despite all these claims of success, mm-hmm. to not have yes. a cap that rises exponentially? It makes no goddamn sense to me that they've they're going to have played. And I realize like this year doesn't matter, but they're going to have played since fourteen fifteen seventeen outdoor games. <laughs> They're getting a hundred million dollars a year from Major League Baseball. Twenty. Wait, what was it? It was seventy of the ninety teams over the past three seasons are at ninety three percent attendance or better, and the caps only gone up four million dollars in yeah. four years. That makes no sense. Well, it makes None. total sense to me because the, to me the flat cap story is this. And by by first of all, when you said flat cap, I was hoping we were going to talk about awesome lids, the, the newsies. Yeah. Oh, no, I was. Oh, actually, no, no. Like like a, like a Yankees cap with a flat. A flat brim oh. and a sticker on it that no one takes off from from the the store Lids in the mall. You ever go to Lids? Of course. Yeah. Flat, flat cap is also um, the personality of Steve Rogers and all of the uh, <laughs> oh, shut Captain up. American. Movies. Oh, someone has to be the Boy Scout. I, I always love my, my the favorite thing. I, I there's 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 one tweet I always see gets retweeted once in a while, and it, they're both bro pair tweets. One is the of course one from like 2011 where he's like, "This country is dumb enough to vote for Donald Trump," which is funny and sad at the same time when I see that. But the other one's like, "Hmm, who do I root for? The tech genius billionaire or the Virgin America Virgin who loves America too much?" <laughs> I always think of that. It's such a good tweet. Um, so uh, yeah. I, I think of it this way. The flat, the flat salary cap is uh, the NHL loves it because it forces parity, which is the thing that they love the most in this league. It, it forces really good teams that do really well and have high-priced players to make difficult calls about those high-priced players who inevitably trade those high-priced players to teams that have a smaller salary cap and more, more room. Yeah, like Brandon Sod winds up on the fucking Blue Jackets. And that's good for hockey. I mean, in their in their eyes, that's good for hockey. In their eyes, in their eyes, hockey. it's good for hockey. I don't think. It I, I mean, in other people's eyes, they say, "Hey, you know what's good for hockey? Dynasties." In fact, when you look at the top 100 players of all time, most of those fuckers came from dynasties. Amazing, isn't it's it? Weird how that works out. Yeah, well, amazing how that works out. So, um, like, there's one. So that's part of it is that they they like to force parity, and the, the flat cap forces parity. But the really th- interesting thing about it mm-hmm. that's been talked about a little bit. Well, you know I mean. is the idea that Gary Bettman is going to go to the players for the next labor negotiation. He's going to say, hi, it's me, Gary. Hi. Hi. You know what you don't like? Escrow. Escrow. <laughs> Do you know how to get rid of escrow? 
It's simple. Don't make so much money. You know how you not make so much money? Lower the salary cap. The end. So a flat cap to me <laughs> is a, a, a test subject bunny, if you will, that is put before the players to say, hey, did you know that? Did you ever notice how you don't pay a lot of escrow? Jiminy Glick here. <laughs> did you ever notice how you don't pay a lot Why of escrow? Why don't you guys ever get any money back from the salary cap? <laughs> when the cap is low. What is this HRR? Um, they don't pay a lot of escrow when, they're, the, the, when the cap is flat. Because it was, yeah. Don't you feel like they're hiding money from the players? Of they, course, ha- it, they have to be hiding so much they money are, from the they, players. They, it has been creative accounting since the dawn of time. Like, like, and it's one of the reasons why they fought in 2005 for a luxury tax instead of a, flat, instead of a salary cap. Because they were like, they're going to cheat. They're gonna. They can't be linkage on the salary cap because they're gonna hide money. But they're hiding. It seems like they're so obviously hiding it. It's not like the cap went up like eight million right. or ten million. You're like, eh, it's gone up a million bucks per year yeah. for four years. Yeah. While they're, re- they're they're printing money at outdoor games that did not exist ten years ago. So like the Blackhawks have made probably about a hundred million dollars on outdoor games, yeah. and it's all in a file labeled foam hatchets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We, we gave that money to Rolo Tomasi. <laughs> That's his money. Yeah, it's all bullshit. You're right. No, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, the, the minute you look at, at the salary cap not rising, you're saying to yourself, why? Just like when you look at the Olympics, you're saying to yourself, why? Why is this happening? Well, in the case of the Olympics, it's because they want the CBA extended. So they're going to do all this song and dance about, uh, oh, are we going to go? Not going to go. Oh, you guys really want to go? Well, here's how you can go. And in the flat cap, it's like... Oh, you guys hate escrow and you're going to fight tooth and nail to get escrow over? Well, here's a way to ease your problems. But like that doesn't do anything. If you're just going to lower the cap anyway, it's, it's, it's still... uh, it does do something because it makes the argument for rollback. Uh, yeah, that, that's the league argument. Yeah. Like, players don't want that. No, well, Players don't, don't want to go from 4.2 to 3.7. Maybe if we all make a little less, then we can take home more. The fucking... Oh, boy. Yeah, that's the argument. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, I, I just go Boy, back. this podcast is going to suck eggs when the, the lockout happens. I'll tell you that right now. It's just going to be two idiots going back and forth about escrow and HRR. We'll just we'll just take turns. Like, you, you be the league, I'll be the players this week, then I'll turn around. <laughs> like, seriously, man, like, Don Fear needs to tell the players, I, I start saving your money because we're, we're fucking not showing up to the next, to the 1920 season or whatever the right. league is. Because you, 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 there's... <sighs> Better, better, better things to talk about. You're getting upset, honey, and I don't want you to get upset. Um, He's just going to take your money from you. Last time we did a podcast, we unleashed a contest upon you. The contest was going to be for some devil swag, a copy of my book, and something else. Uh, Oh, pins from the kings. Oh, yeah, pins from the kings. Inexplicably, a lot of you entered it. <laughs> so we had to sit down before the show and pick winners. So here are the three winners. And the way it works is uh, Yankee Swap rules. The first place winner right. gets to pick their gift. Whatever you want. Right. Number three is Ivan Perez. Ivan Perez. Ivan Perez is IPB3000 on Twitter. Ivan Perez. We got a lot of Puck Soup logos printed out and put on toilets. Mm-hmm. But Ivan was the only person to go the extra step and try to recreate the logo by putting a hockey stick in his toilet with the logo there. As some people believe 
the logo designed by my lovely wife, Ruby. Yeah, how does she feel about that, by the way? It's, in fact, a toilet bowl. Because <laughs> like, like, I'm sure you've told this to her. Yeah. Like, what did well, she say? Did she, did she um, get pissed? Well, like, there's the possibility, by the way, now that we might be able to sell some swag. And I've been told that maybe before we do that, there needs to be a slight redesign of the logo. <laughs> Told by by Ruby or by, by Ruby, Katie? Yes. Uh, by the by the by by as she refers to herself, the holder of the trademark. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want, Ruby. All right. Second place in the contest is Raymond Lasky. Raymond Lasky. Uh, Raymond Lasky, L A S K Y eleven on Twitter. And so this was a bit of controversy actually because I found it to be quite endearing. Uh, it is a puck soup logo placed. On a newborn baby swaddled in hospital swaddling. And Raymond says, my first child was born today. And Raymond put a Puck Soup logo on his baby. But Lozo saw it and saw something completely different. I, 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 I'm, I'm calling fraud. <laughs> it's either fraud or it's unfair. Because like, just because you happen to have sex nine months ago, does that mean you should be able to win this award? You're taking advantage right. of an adorable baby. Or, 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 or you work in a hospital. <laughs> and you're like, I got an idea. Just like we were saying earlier, Super Bowl ads, babies and animals. That's how you win stuff. I'm gonna have my wife, or I'm gonna go into the, I'm gonna go into the nursery and find the cutest baby that was just born and d- drop this logo that looks like a toilet yeah. on my child. I love the idea. In the first place you went was the idea that some fucking Dennis Nedry, uh, you know, that? sneaking into the dinosaur DNA lab. Who's that? Some, some, oh, from Dr- yeah, Wayne Knight. So, so this guy sneaks into the nursery at a hospital and places a logo on a random baby and takes a photo of it. For pins. To, to enter our contest for pins. Where, where, where's, where's that guy from? If he's from L.A., maybe he just wants the pins. Uh, I believe he's from Florida. Florida man. Florida man. <laughs> Florida man breaks the nursery, <laughs> puts podcast logo on baby. Wait, so you're telling me you put a picture of a toilet on a child in order to win pins? That's a good, that's a good story. But the winner of the contest is actually someone who did an animated GIF. It's disgrunt- Disgruntled Bill, a.k.a. Disgruntled Peng- Pens Fan. The tweet was hard at work in the Puck Soup Science Division. Bill put our logo on a monitor and then appeared to drop a smaller logo inside of either dry ice or ni- liquid nitrogen, one of the two. Oh, if it's okay. liquid nitrogen... A slight demerit, but not enough for you to lose the contest for not then breaking the logo with a hammer. If it's dry ice, nice special effect. So, so you hold this guy to a higher standard than the guy that happened to have sex nine months ago right. and create a child at it, the same time. Yeah, it's possible started. this guy also snuck into a lab <laughs> and put our logo on a monitor and then used tweezers to dunk our logo in, in liquid nitrogen. Wait, now I want to look at all the entries based on the idea that they broke a law in order to do it. <laughs> like, like people just broke into some toilet somewhere. Now... We do have to announce another thing that has occurred, which is that we have our first ever. This is amazing. Like Kathy Polo, KDA Polo on Twitter is someone who has designed podcast graphics and animations for other hockey podcasts. And this is the first time she's blessed Puck Soup with her genius. Um, She animated our bit at the top of the show, the other, the other, the other show, of Ily Brzgalov and the Dangers of Bears. She animated that as a video. You can see it on Vimeo. We'll re- retweet it uh, when this comes out. So here's what we're doing for, for, for Kathy. This is a big deal. We haven't even asked her if she's okay with doing it. And it doesn't matter. She's going to have to be cool with it. She has no choice. We are introducing, for this genius, the Puck Soup 
cup soup, which is an actual soup bowl with our logo on it and our autographs on it. And whoever receives it will then autograph the inside of it. Now, here's the trick. Mm-hmm. Just because you win the puck soup cup soup doesn't mean you get to keep it. You do for a, <clears throat> a, a certain period of time. Right. If and when we decide that one of the listeners has gone beyond the call of duty to create something or to give us something. That, we, that, that exceeds what was already created. That exceeds what's already been created. That's a really good point because now it becomes like I start with a paperclip and I trade it up and now I own a yacht. Right. So, yeah, right. so like eventually, <laughs> eventually someone's going to actually like <laughs> right. do something right. for us that's um, the minute The minute that we decide someone else has gone beyond the call of duty. Duty. Uh, duty. Kathy will be required to ship the puck soup, the puck soup cup soup mm-hmm. to the next person. Right. Dave and I haven't decided whether she has to pay the shipping. I just, <laughs> I just love the idea that, like, Kathy, that was really great. Thank you so much for doing that for us. So um, your reward is that you're going to get something that's probably going to break when you receive it, and then you're going to have to pay $25 to ship it overseas somewhere It's else entirely possible that we'll pay the shipping, but we haven't decided it yet. But there you go. Kathy Polo, Katie A. Polo uh, on Twitter. Katya. Is the winner of the first Puck Soup Cup Soup. Uh, look forward to receiving that in the mail when Dave and I get around to making it. Yeah. So. 20, 2019. Yeah, still around realized. there. <laughs> but there you go. Congratulations to all the winners. Congratulations to all the people who entered our first contest. We're encouraged. This was a pilot project. We're encouraged by the response and we think that maybe we'll do another one at some point. Here is the part of the show. What's you made of a face? I just got a Facebook notification that somebody <laughs> I went to high school with tagged me in a photo on Facebook. Uh-oh. Oh, Christ. Little, little, little baby powder at high school, in, in elementary school. Back when I had hair. <laughs> it's like Dr. Evil in the flashbacks when he had hair and, as a kid. No, he's bald in those flashbacks, too, I guess. That's Scotty Evil had hair. Um, now is the time on Puck Soup. We go into the Puck Soup mailbag. Uh... First question this week, Dave, mm-hmm. is inspired by your love of Bruce McGill in The Insider. Love that movie. Amazing character actor in an amazing movie. movie. Which fictional lawyer would you want defending you in court? I will say that obviously if I have a PR problem, I would want Michael Clayton to be my fixer. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. But as far as lawyers in court, I would go with I would go with Tom Cruise. In A Few Good Men. I feel like it took amazing prowess uh, to break Jack Nicholson, and I feel like after that trial, he'd be up for anything. I'm going to go Matthew McConaughey in A Time to Kill. Because I feel like Tom Cruise was incompetent (laughs) and basically hit a Hail Mary by accident. I I wouldn't trust him to do that again. I feel like Matthew McConaughey had a plan. He got himself a good team. He got him. He got, he got Sandy Bullock. He got Oliver Platt on his team. Came up with a really great strategy. Right. Great, great close. A lot of people in this trial are saying my client took his dick out in front of them nuns. <laughs> I disagree. That was a different movie. <laughs> oh no, I was doing your trial. <laughs> oh. oh no, no, no. That, that's that's right then. I'm the young pope, baby. Could, Say hello to the little young pope. Could be anybody's dick. Maybe they're not even nuns. <laughs> close your eyes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Pick, picture a dick. <laughs> I picture some nuns. Can you can you see it? Can you see the balls? 
Now imagine they're actually big. <laughs> as as always, biscuits is the podcast yeah. in which Dave Lozo talks about hockey without talking about his dick. In my in my defense, this time I did not bring yeah, up my dick. Uh, counselor, let the record show <laughs> that the defense bought up my client's dick. Yana, Yana. I only do one McConaughey impression. I think you know what it is. But the I get older. No, hell no. That's the cliche. Oh, I do it from oh. Reign of Fire, the dragon movie. Oh God! Uh, and the and the line is <clears throat> when when um, they're skydiving to kill dragons. Yeah, they go to high points. Not, <clears throat> no, that's not skydiving. I think that's um, base, ba- base jumping, jumping. Base jumping. Yeah, like Bruce Wayne. Right. Why, that's why I needed the armor in uh, in, uh, in in Batman Begins. Uh, the line is, <clears throat> "You gotta bring the beast down if you want to kill it." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's more Anna Faris doing a southern accent. In like the house bunny. <laughs> my best, yeah. my favorite Anna Ferris line of all time is in the movie Just Friends, a movie with great Anna Ferris lines, in which she's asking uh, Ryan Reynolds to leave a bar as he's talking to two townie friends, and he finally screams at her, "I'm busy!" And she goes, "I'm busy, you stupid dick!" <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, classic movie, Anna Ferris. Um, Albert wants to know who are some of the big names, if any, to be selected by the Vegas Knights in expansion draft. I, I again, like I, I, you look at, you can go to uh, uh, was it Cap Friendly and play around with the expansion draft uh, thing that they have there. It's again becoming increasingly obvious that they're going to have a blue line worth a damn and maybe no forwards, but also three great goalies. Yeah, like Tampa is in a situation where they're probably going to leave. I'd say Alex Kalorn available. Detroit's mm-hmm. got Detroit's got two goalies. They can only protect one. I, I think Vegas is going to Detroit for their goalie, no matter what. The Ducks are in a kind of a dicey situation too. But like again, we're still months away from when they're actually going to do it, and teams are probably going to make trades, do stuff to to get something back. So I think there's a better chance of them amassing a war chest of draft picks from teams bribing them not to take their good players than there is them ending up with good players they should they should they should they should draft guys and then trade them to team like like say if say if you know um you don't want jimmy howard to be your goaltender but he's available and you can take him and you can trade him to a team that wants jimmy howard like say jimmy howard finishes the year with like a 930 in like 45 games that's going to be attractive to some team at five point whatever he's at 5.4 million so you take him trade him someplace else for a second like Vegas should be doing. You shouldn't care about anyone they actually draft as a player because Vegas, even though you say differently, is not going to be good. Just stockpile draft picks if you're Vegas, and then build out from there. Right. And by the way, the thing I was tagged in was my high school prom photo. I wasn't tagged in it; it was a memory memory that was shared. Wow. Where I'm just as pale. But how is prom? Good. Solid time. This is the night the Devils lost to the Rangers in Game Seven. It's not a good night. Not, no, it was, it was it was a weird bad night. You had any questions over there, sir? Oh, the guy whose name I didn't remember, but I like the question. He said, what's, what's harder to do, get a shutout in the National Hockey League or a shutout in a beer league? And I think it's beer league because <clears throat> no one has a system in beer league. <laughs> yeah, it's almost irrecoverably right. I mean, right. you look at, like, goalies that and, – and, again, like, we were both Devils fans. Like, Marty maybe some nights only faced 13 shots. Just 12 out of 13 for right. a 2-1 win. That's all he has to do take. is not fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> and he does okay. In a beer league, you're going to face at least seven odd man rushes during the course of the game, three breakaways. You're not going to get a shutout. You're just, it's just too hard. Like, you have – there's always one beer league team that has guys that take it super seriously and they actually have breakouts and shit. But even that team you score goals on. It's, it's mm. beer, beer league shutouts really hard. 
Finally, Will Morales sends in an interesting one. Will Morales. That's like a good like movie name for like a character that's like noble. Will Detec- Moral Detective Morales. Will Morales is <laughs> in his first week on the job. He's got morals and will. Detective Will Morales is the best cop in the precinct, but the precinct is rotten. He's played by Michael Pena. Michael Pena in Rotten Precinct. <laughs> Will Morales wants to know, does an exciting one-third or end of a game make up for a bad game? Would you classify the game as a whole as good? That's a really, ah. I mean, that's, a, that's an interesting question because I'm sure most Patriots would call this the greatest Super Bowl of all time. It's the Rogue One question. And it is a Rogue One question. Um, oh, th- who's saying this is the best Super Bowl of all time? Pats fans, of course. Oh, well, yeah. It wasn't a good game. I mean... Um, I would say, well, it, it depends... I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 I know I have watched like one nothing games where it could be kind of a snooze through two periods, and there's a balls out great third period. It ends up one nothing, and, and I feel satisfied. I think you can feel okay about the game, but you can't call it a good game. Like, the, the, there was a Rangers Flames game this week or last week where first period was great, second period was the worst fucking period I've seen all season. The third period <clears> was great. That's not a good game. That's you know what you know great what this game. this debate is. This debate is uh, Team North America versus Sweden versus Team North America versus Russia, where I thought the TNA-Russia game top to bottom was a better game, but people remember the first three minutes of the Sweden game, and they remember the McKinnon goal at the end of the Sweden game, Oh right, right and it becomes right, right, the greatest right. game of all time. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even remember those games, to be honest. The Team America... Ru- Russia, <laughs> Russia remember the awesome Anarchy logo? No? Russia, no? no I, don't, I don't remember the actual 60 minutes of the game. No, yeah. Russia won, right? Russia beat a, beat us, yes, us. beat us. <laughs> you us, know, us, us young millennials. Us millennials. <laughs> that game was whack, yo. <laughs> TNA was lit. TNA was lit AF. Lit AF. You know yep. it, yo. Um, so I, I would say that. Yeah, I would say. Um, I would say for me, I, I need a full good game. I, I don't. I, an ending is great, but it doesn't change the fact that I've wasted forty minutes of my life watching bad hockey for two periods. I'm 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 your cliche guy to, at, the, at the podium after the game. Yeah, look, the game played well. It was it was a really good game. Uh, you know, but we didn't play a full sixty. We didn't watch a full sixty. Mm-hmm. You know, we had some lulls there. They 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 really pushed back there in the second period. But um, you know, we're just going to work to get better and try try and see some better games. There you go. Be some see some better games. All right, that's uh, Puck Soup for this week. Thanks to Pete the Retailer for showing up, and uh, thanks to us for not uh, completely ruining his interview with Static Monster. Uh, thanks to the Naked Chalupa for existing. Thanks to, well, no, no thanks to the Atlanta Falcons. You should fold. Um, that was terrible. And, um, Choking dog. Oh, one, one, two bits of news. Uh, obviously, you can still get my Dave and Down Grows Brown's book, The 100 Greatest Players in NHL History and Other Stuff, available wherever ebooks are sold, including now Barnes and Noble. It's on the Nook if you got a Nook. Uh, $5.99 is the price. Thanks to everybody who's bought it. It's been crazy successful uh, beyond our expectations, and we thank you for that. And then also, Dave and me and Down Grows Brown will be talking about that book and many other hockey things uh, on an, a Reddit Ask Me Anything uh, Thursday, next Thursday. So what is that there, Dave? That's uh, the 15th. Yeah, uh, it's at 13th, February, February 16th, 16th. 11 uh, a.m. Eastern time is when we'll do it. Uh, so the, uh, the Puck Soup Biscuits uh, book, uh, the, the AMA uh, on the r slash hockey Reddit. Uh, do check it out there and ask us anything you'd like there. That's the whole point of an AMA. Uh, I'm Greg Wyshynski of Yahoo Sports. My other podcast is Merrick vs. Wyshynski. Find me on Twitter, at Wyshynski. And find all, all my work on Puck Daddy. And here is Dave Lozo.
So here's a little story I want to tell you about America. It's last night. It's Tuesday. It's Madison Square Garden. There's me, Dave. America. I am America. I'm writing in the press box for like 40 straight minutes. Rangers and Ducks warm up. I'm not paying attention. I got stuff to do. All of a sudden, here they are, your New York Rangers. And I'm like, wow, I really got to pee. As the listeners know, when I got to pee, I got to pee. So now I'm at, a, I'm, at a, I'm at a crossroads because it's a minute until the anthem and the game starts. I really got to pee. Do I stand there, listen to the anthem, and go pee, miss the first two minutes, or go pee there and come back just as the anthem's ending? I put my bladder before country every time, and I go to, <laughs> I go to the bathroom. So it's just me and this old guy in the bathroom in a Ranger jersey. Just no one else in the bathroom, but both the urinals, the anthem kind of starts. You can kind of hear it faintly in the background. Um, we both get done peeing at the same time. I go to wash my hands. I realize that he never actually whips around to use the other sink. He just runs out of the bathroom after whips peeing. Whips around. Yeah, whips around. He, 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 didn't, he didn't whip around or, or reach around. Or, and it, was, it was just two guys peeing in the bathroom during the anthem. So I go back upstairs to the 10th floor at MSG. The bathroom's on the 9th floor. It's right there. Walk back to, to, the, to the press area. Hook a right to where they have the water. Go to the fridge, grab a bottle of water. I have my hat off, too, at this point. It's important to know. Anthem's winding down. The anthem gets done. Put my hat back on. And I hear... This is how I always get in trouble, by the way. I hear somebody yelling about respect. Show some respect. Where's your respect? And I'm always like, oh, I want to see who's getting yelled at. Turns out it's me. (laughs) That's how it happens every time. And so I turn around, and this old guy in the Ranger jersey, who I just peed four feet from, is yelling at me about respect. And I'm thinking he's pointing at my hat and I'm I walk over to him there's like two security guys like keeping him from coming back to where the, the, the media are at MSG and I'm like what's he saying he's like he's like oh he's he's mad that you you, were, you you walk past him during during the anthem I'm like he's mad that I was walking and he's like yeah show some respect and I just like laughed and turned around so for those of you who are keeping track at home for what is respectful and disrespectful during um, the anthem disrespectful kneeling respectful standing uh, respectful peeing because we were both peeing with our wieners out side by side <laughs> while an Irish tenor was singing the national anthem that we could definitely hear from the bathroom. Um, disrespectful walking. So when they say, ladies and gentlemen, please rise and remove your hats, it's unspoken, but if you move, you are disrespecting America. So there you go. That's my, uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's a beautiful story, sir. I like the part where he ripped around. He whipped around. He, he didn't whip around. He didn't go to the. He didn't wash his hands. Like, <laughs> that that more than anything, sir, is un-American. Like I, I just I, I couldn't believe he was yelling. I could I could not figure out why he was yelling. And I, once he told me why he was yelling at me, like I just did that. Like when somebody tells a joke and you don't mean to laugh, but you laugh. It's not even a joke. It's yeah. someone just like, yeah, you know. So uh, the other day I was at my friend's and uh, you know I, you I should- threw up on the floor. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you, you should have looked him straight in the face and said and said, what about the Canadian anthem? <laughs> I know. <laughs> What about the fact that we were just pissing during the anthem? Like, why is piss proud? Uh, whatever. Right. Do whatever you want during the anthem. There okay. it is. Do, do whatever you want. That's the, that's the puck soup mantra. Do whatever the hell you do want. Do whatever you want. All right. See you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. See ya. Now leaving Nerdist.com.